Normies like us, the final frontier. These are the voyages of our podcast enterprise. This week's mission, to explore the world of Star Trek. To examine it from niche to normie. To boldly cast where no pod has gone before. Engage. Live long and prosper. I may be surrounded by insanity, but I am not insane. Klingons do not allow themselves to be probed. Get my ship out of there. So what's up, normies? Uh, we are here, and this is, I don't want to say Captain Mike, because I think that's a little bit too presumptuous, but I'm here with no, my co-host. Not, not Captain? <laughs> no, no, no. Not for me. I'd be in engineering. That's me. I'm calling the Tribble. And we're joined also. Uh, Lieutenant Joe. Lieutenant Joe, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so what does that mean? What color shirt does that mean for you, Joe? Well, the shirts are determined by the department, if, if I remember Your job right? is your yeah. shirt. Okay, yeah. well, guess what, Normies? We're talking Star Trek today, we should say. That's right. As we said, we are about to engage in a conversation and um, make it so, so entertaining for you guys. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, so basically, before we get into Star Trek, I want to first of all thank everybody that's been listening to Normies Like Us so far. We really appreciate it. If you can and you want to support us, give us a like and review on iTunes. Tell a friend that might enjoy it. And meanwhile, just sit back, relax, and keep enjoying Normies Like Us. Hit subscribe. Check out the Instagram and Twitter. That's right. Um, before we go also to Star Trek, I want to ask you guys what you've what you been up to, what you've been playing, what you've been watching, what you've been reading, anything uh, going on in your life right now. I'll tell you guys, it's been a pretty interesting week. Uh, we'll get into it for Star Trek news because there has actually been a ton of Star Trek news uh, in the pop culture news week this week. That's right. But beyond that, uh, I'll talk about, I have been watching the Nintendo Direct that just dropped. It was specifically for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. That's the Smash Brothers game that's going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch. Guys, I'm going to be convincing you now, 100%, to do a Smash Brothers episode at some point. I think it would be worth it, don't you guys think? Well, yeah. Oh, I would love that, man. Especially if there's a requisite tournament involved. Oh, please, Mike. Please do not bait <laughs> us into that right now. And I am saying that because I do know that you guys love to play the game. But uh, this Direct was really cool. Did you guys happen to check it out at all? I did, actually. I saw they, you know, Sakurai was saying, don't ask me about new characters. And yet they announced new characters. Mike, <laughs> exactly what I want to talk about. <laughs> Developer Sakurai, who was so prickly. We mentioned in one of our former episodes, guys, check it out, that uh, he was kind of a real turnoff at E3. But here... I mean, totally gelling, saying more to come, dropping huge bombs. We get King K. Rule from yeah, the Donkey Kong series. Guys, we get Castlevania, that's one of my cute. favorite yeah. video game series of all times, Wild. being reintroduced to Nintendo. I mean, come on, that's incredible. And they kill Luigi with the Grim Reaper. If you haven't seen the trailer, check it out. A lot YouTube. of people it's making a lot so of talk crazy, about this. Yeah. Very silly. So that, that might push me over the edge to get a Switch, I think. That's very Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I think one of the coolest things there, too, was the idea of uh, two stages melding into one during gameplay. Like, that That's is a new option. Such that a cool I way to keep it fresh. Thank you for bringing that up. Smash Brothers has been about smashing your toys together, and now it's like smashing the play sets together. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look at it this way, guys. Esports has changed and developed so much, and Nintendo's finally kind of seeing that, how people want to play, how people want to compete with each other, and thank God they're finally coming to the party. Yeah. Well, one thing I thought was really interesting is I saw a lot of Smash players talking about how they're going to come up with the rule set for 
esports in in relation to the new Smash because there's so many options and stuff. How are you going to determine what is like quote unquote Tournament fair legal? Yeah, right, right. very interesting. Okay, I don't want to take up too much time here, but just real quick before we leave my topic, get me a prediction real quick from each of you just one character dream character who do you want to see next Ooh. dropped oh i don't know that's a anybody good no it's here's what i'll talk about just real quick if i can throw one yeah, out yeah. i'm sorry to cut you off there mike Go but just it. to say we've seen a, a toe dip into the universe we're seeing assist trophies and stuff give me Mega Man x give me the oh, rest of the cool. Mega Man universe i'd be very interested in seeing capcom we're about to see his anniversaries we're about to see new games come to the switch give me more Mega Man. capcom really does neglect Mega Man. he needs to be out there more yeah, it's yeah. a bummer. Uh, we talked about this when, when we first saw the trailer, and I'm trying to remember. Something popped in my head that was like the perfect idea, but now it's slipping away. But maybe, you know, Ninja Turtle, give me something weird. Look, Mike, I'll be, be honest fun. with yeah, you. Turtles in Time throwback. I'll, that would be very cool, but I'll be honest with you, Mike. They have the Solaire Amiibo anyways. You We're getting what? so much Amiibo p- support tie-in. You don't think we're going to get a Dark Souls character? That, it's it's so popular fun. at this point. It could absolutely happen. I would love it if we get a Dark Souls character in Smash before the release of the Dark Souls uh, oh, remaster. At this point, it might <laughs> actually happen, guys. <laughs> that is Bummer. the best. I could see his uh, Ultimate Smash praise the sun. And- oh, God. Are you kidding? Absolute yeah. fan service. Yeah, that's great. Joe, anybody? Uh, you know, it's tough for me because I'm really satisfied with all the characters we have already. Uh, I'm usually a Link main. There are three different Links to choose from. Yeah, you're getting um, a lot of support there now. Yeah, and like I like Little Mac. I like um, Captain Falcon. I really can't think of anyone that I yeah, want. Yeah, weird classic game series there. like Toe Jam and Earl, you know, yeah. like Crash Bandicoot. I mean, you're like, Crash who else Bandicoot are we talking about? So, Earthworm yeah, Jim would be cool. Earthworm Jim, there's a great one. I would love to see Earthworm Jim. Um... No, I mean, honestly, I'm pretty happy with everything in there already. Um, you know, I, I like Echo Fighters. I know they're, you know, just skins, but, like, I'll take all the skins you'll give me, baby. Yeah, thank you for supporting those, too. I think we're seeing a lot of fan, fan support there, actually, even though, again, they are just recycled characters. So what? We're seeing them be sort of distinctly designed in this game. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You could do a lot of the Ninja Turtles with the Echo characters. It makes sense because you could have four oh, Echoes. God. It fits now more than ever, but, yeah. you know, we'll see. All right, well, so that's been mine, guys. How about you guys? Whatcha? Um, I can go right now. I, I have been playing. Uh, I recently got Doom 2016. I've been wanting to play it, so that's a space Very game. cool. I have been playing a little bit of Star Trek Online to get prepared for the show. I think Joe has as well. Yeah, I've been playing a little so bit. So we'll talk it. about that in the video game section, but I've been dipping my toe into there, and then I just watched Mission Impossible. Um, Ooh. I think it's the best one in the series so far. It's, wow. It's a good, uh, it's the best straight up action movie since Fury Road, I feel, actually. Oh my god. Okay, so hold on. Best blockbuster of the summer. Is that beaten Infinity War for you? I don't count that as summer. That was in May, right? Okay. It was the kickoff true. to summer Everybody season. Says, yeah. And technically it wasn't even in May, it was in April. And honestly, uh. I would say that this is a more successful action movie. It's grounded. It's, it's real. It's grounded. It's real. The special effects are mostly real. Infinity War is a spectacle, but as a straight action movie, this thing has tension out the wazoo. There's a lot oh to, um, you know, the stakes are a lot different too, because you you haven't been building to this Mission Impossible for a no. decade. And I can't, skipped like the last couple, um, but this was like, there's so much tension in every scene. They really use the ticking clock trope of screenwriting, but it's like to such effect, everything feels tense. Everything, the plan never goes right. There's always a complication, and they're like constantly having to adjust, and they create tension throughout pretty much the whole film. It's paced very well. That is very cool, and that's a hell of a cast, too. Can I ask you, how is Henry Cavill, the guy who plays Superman? We haven't really seen him much else. Now he's in another blockbuster. Yeah, honestly, he was very cool. I'm glad wow. that he 
fucked up Justice League shooting schedule for this because this was way better for me. Oh, that's Damn. funny. He's uh, actively pursuing trying to get the lead in the Witcher franchise now, too. So. Oh, wow. Whoa. Definitely wants to be a, you think he uh, an plays action D&D? icon. Then he can. We should ask him sometime. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> if you get uh, Vin Diesel and Henry Cavill together, yeah. Jacob, we know you're listening. So write in on how that makes you feel as a huge yeah. Witcher fan. Henry Cavill was very cool at first. He's doing this American accent, and it sounded very goofy. Like I just get the job done. Like it felt like he was hamming it up. Yeah, I, I wanted him to stay in that, but he kind of eased it off at first. I'm like this guy's doing a big gimmick. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I love the uh, the cocking of the fists. Yeah, like reloads his arms. Yeah, yeah it's Check very it cool. Yeah, he's playing like the, the American mustache. The way they describe them is the CIA director says, "I'm sending my guy because you, Mission Impossible man, use a scalpel. I use a hammer, and the hammer is Henry Cavill." Yeah, yeah damn. Sick. So it's like these two different styles. Like, oh, I don't like you, but we got to work together. So that's your setup. And we've got Rebecca Ferguson in that, who's like the MI6 operative. And yeah. Then, so yeah. we have Henry Cavill, who's the American equivalent of the ethan hunt so damn that's yeah. a lot of colliding deadly forces i love that a lot it's, of stuff going on i mean you got to keep the franchise fresh and it's a lot of great spy intrigue you know triple double back triple back stab crosses who the fuck knows but yeah also you got simon Pegg, which ties us into today's topic the star trek you know he stars in co-stars and wrote Very a lot true. of star trek beyond but before we go beyond this joe you know what you've been playing what you've been up to um I just built a gaming PC not too long ago. Ooh, uh, so that's I'm trying cool. to congratulations. Thank you, thank you. A long time in the making. Um, so I'm trying to get my Steam library built for the first time. Uh, so I added like a bunch of stuff to my wish list, which is nice because if you don't if you don't use Steam, um, which I haven't until now, when you add a game to your wish list, it'll send you an email when it's on sale. Mm. Uh, so I got an email a couple of days ago. Uh, Fallout New Vegas three dollars. Uh, so oh, I just wow. started playing through that again. Which harkens back to the Bethesda episode. We were talking about it, and now you're playing one. Oh, yeah. And it was, you know, I remember everyone basically agreeing that that was the best Fallout. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to go back. Like, this is a a good first game to play through on a PC, really. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Star Trek Online. We'll talk about it more. Uh, Definitely. No spoilers on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to get updated on your Steam usage as we go along through this podcast because talk about niche to normie. I mean, what a weird service that's popped up that's absolutely becoming a must for gamers. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like a new console, which is wild. Which will be coming out eventually. Yeah, and I feel like I'm a a hardcore gamer in my heart but nowadays with my job and everything and that's hard to balance that time but like the real gamers are on pc and they are on steam and like you know having a console almost feels normy oh yeah you know i mean i love console gaming and i play a fair share it's uh it's weird for me because i've i've always been a console gamer and even though i've started building up my steam library here i i only want to play with a controller (laughs) which is like really you know i think like the biggest offense to to pc gamers who think like the keyboard and mouse is the end all all. look they figured it out a couple years ago there's the one basic type of controller that they need to keep releasing for every console at this point until it gets to some point with a vr head set whatever it's gonna be then that's how it's gotta be well now there's this movement too in the fighting game community where it was all arcade sticks the top players only had Damn. arcade sticks but recently a couple of years ago somebody won the street fighter tournament with a ps1 controller because that's what he grew up using yeah i mean that's what you're used you're comfortable to. with so yeah, yeah whatever you're comfortable with use it and like at, coming from console gaming i'm the same way i always try to hook a controller up to my computer even when i do play them and steam makes it so easy yeah. um like I, i've been thinking maybe i'll invest in a steam controller but Ooh, honestly just cool. using like we have a ps4 and an xbox one in the house Using either one of those, depending on the game, has been perfect. 
Well, not to bring it back to my topic, guys, but we just saw Nintendo tease a release of an original GameCube controller with Smash Brothers. I mean, come on, talk about stuck in the past there. Yeah, I was just going to bring it back to that, too. When we play Smash on the uh, Wii U and the Wii, I just like to turn that controller sideways. I mean, it's just simple yeah, to me. Sure. Like, it's don't don't overcomplicate it. You only need three or four buttons. It's a button yeah. masher. Well, that's you'll get a huge contestation from that statement from the competitive community. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, they yeah. can get wrecked. Let's see. Everyone, everyone in that community agrees that the GameCube controller is the best controller for it, and it makes sense that we release. I never had a GameCube, yeah, I so I the... just don't use melee, that. Like melee, that controller is never used to me. Well, they're buying in, like Colin said. They're buying into the community when they rejected it for so long. They said, "Don't play this competitively. It's not supposed like, to be." Hold, hold on, hold on. Come back, come back. So now they're <laughs> they're waking up, and that's great. yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just to wrap up my uh, my whatcha. Reading Sp- Spider-Man and Batman still, and they're both kind of doing the same thing right now, which is interesting. Uh, the mm. covers of both the latest issues on Tom King's Batman, it's Batman versus Bruce Wayne. Uh, remember in the Batman episode, I told you guys kind of what's going on with uh, Mr. Freeze and the trial and all of that. Uh, so that's going on on the Batman side. And then on the Spider-Man side, uh, the cover is Spider-Man versus Peter Parker. So it's Whoa. interesting that right now, both of the books I'm reading have... Uh, alter ego versus hero on the cover so i'm excited to see what happens there i haven't uh, had a chance to check them out yet but that's what i'm waiting on that's awesome so the alter ego versus the prey that's almost like locutius and picard facing him oh there you go the star trek series which is why we're here right um Ooh. we're gonna drop some of these watches in the notes you know maybe we'll drop these books and stuff for you guys to check out but meanwhile let's get into the world of star trek and let us know what you're watching yeah what you've been playing hit us up on twitter instagram let us know Slide into those DM, folks. That's right. Star Trek, the final frontier, right? Dun, and actually, dun, dun, dun. wait, is that right, guys? Yeah, it um, might be. I don't know, like all the theme songs are so different. Bah, 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 uh, bah. Well, the best theme song is um, Enterprise. God, you're so wrong about I, it. <laughs> like, I don't know why uh, you like that. Hold on, controversy um, starting up already. Love this. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I love it. Every <laughs> every Star Trek, <laughs> except for Enterprise, the theme song is just like some nice instrumental orchestra piece uh for some reason in enterprise it is like a rod stewart song (laughs) (laughs) that's just like kind of like firefly but not really cool yeah because i got faith of yeah. the heart. No way. No, no one's, one's gonna, gonna take my dude. All right, hold on. It I'm stopping you guys so right here. Ridiculous. So guys, real quick, Normies, we're talking Star Trek. We're talking the movies. We're going to be talking the yeah. TV shows right now as well. So let's lay it out. Let's lay out the different TV shows. Let's lay out the origins of it on CBS, of course. Yeah. Well, right before we do the whole breakdown, I want to, you know, let's ask everyone, what's your background with Star Trek? Oh, and okay. then I want to ask, what's what do you love about it? Uh, you know. Um, can I throw to Joe first? Uh, sure. Yeah. So growing up, I was not a Star Trek kid at all. Um, I don't know if you guys have a similar idea, but when I was a kid, you were either Star Wars or Star Trek. We were a Star Wars household. There was no Star Trek anywhere. Um, growing up, they all got added to Netflix at some point. So I was like, you know what? 
I'm a Patrick Stewart fan. I'm going to throw on uh, TNG, The Next Generation, Ooh. while I was, I think I was like cleaning my room or like cleaning out my closet. So it was like, I'm just going to throw this on in the background while I'm doing some stuff in my room. Um, first season, I mean, it took it took a whole season before I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I'm in on this. Uh, and then I fell in love. I finished Next Generation, I uh, finished DS9. And those are the two shows that I've watched in their entirety. Okay. And then I have seen bits and pieces of um enterprise and voyager and i've only seen like really clips of tos but to be honest i'm gonna make the argument i don't think you need to watch tos hit me on that wow that's a hot take actually it means the original series oh okay well my logic is just like it's so ingrained in pop culture like the tribbles uh the gorn you know the apollo episode like i haven't (laughs) seen i've only seen clips of all of those and i know the stories i mean it's it's all there well, Star Trek would argue that, you know, gauging your value of something based on its surface or what you seem to understand from the outside would be illogical. And maybe uh, looking at it in full context would kind of at least give you a different perception of the series. So I think that's a hot take. You're allowed to know. have that take. Yeah, that, that's kind of like the Vulcan take of it, Mike. I think Kirk would be like, yeah, I get it. Well, he'd be like, I don't know, punch it. <laughs> and I have he, seen he, he the... Um, he wants to punch it or kiss it. I've seen all the movies. Um, okay. So, like, I do have that context of the original series original and original series cast. Well. Cool, yeah. very cool. So, those, um, and then, Colin, we watched the Next Generation movies. Oh, yeah, uh, baby. Like, a year ago. And then I, like, you know, obviously I've seen all the J.J. Abrams ones. Yeah, the new I think the, first. the first thing I ever saw, oddly enough, though, was J.J. Abrams' first Star Trek. Wow. Um, which had the line... Are you out of your Vulcan mind? Yeah, yeah uh, not great. <laughs> which is like real wow. quick. Have you guys wow. seen all of those in theaters upon their release? All the Abrams one, yes. Uh, I did not see Star Trek Beyond until it was on like Hulu or something. Mm. Got it. I think I missed Into Darkness in theaters, but oh, the I other two I made into nice. into the theater. Well, Joe, if I can ask you, then what do you love or what do you like about Star Trek? What what attracts you now that you got kind of you're, you're into it? Um. The morality tale aspect of it. I mean, like I was a big Twilight Zone fan, mm-hmm. and a lot of, especially TNG episodes, feel like just Twilight Zones. I mean, they're they're little morality tales mm-hmm. um, that ask questions that make you think. Um, and also, there's some action in there. And like, I think Star Trek does a really good job. And this is why I would also argue that Star Trek is best used as a TV show and not a movie. Mm, yeah. um, that over the course of seasons, you really get to know the characters and you become really invested in them. So I would say that the character development and the morality tales really okay. make it worth it for me. That's great. Colin, what's your background and what do you love about it? So in my household, I would agree with Joe. Uh, it kind of did come down to Star Trek or Star Wars. Uh, obviously, people of a certain generation, especially my father's age, checked out both as they were coming out, liked both, but he kind of had no time to catch up with new generation which was the one rolling when my brother and i were young men so why would it continue and us not being exposed to the original series why would we watch that but it was something like joe said we knew about somehow we would catch the classic mirror mirror or trouble with trebles or the gorn or any Uh, of those classic episodes and you know you would just get these random spouts from my father where he would say oh well you know this guy in the gorn episode in the space wheelchair with a glowing dot is the original actor who was replaced and played Jesus in a movie. And, you know, there was just yeah. such an, a crazy mythology even behind what Star Trek is. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about in a minute about the history of it with Lucille Ball even. Uh, and I love Lucy. 
that it just uh, it's just so fascinating. So never did any of that. Watched all the original films, like Joe said, when they came out. And that was kind of just rentals to kind of keep kids quiet. Yeah, you needed something on the weekends. Exactly. And you would watch them, and I would say, like, who are these characters? And and you would just know who Spock was from pop culture and his catchphrases and, you know, logical and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, at the time it was revolutionary. But, like, honestly, I think now we're so used to seeing stuff like that. Like, you can really just kind of pick it up. Yeah. Like, I would argue that Star Trek... As long you could start with TNG or Deep Space Nine and be fine. Yeah, those are two very different shows, but yeah, you totally yeah. could. And that's what kind of the strength is that it has adapted to the modern era. Um, so that's you know a, a strength of the show is they can do a lot uh, with the different races, characters, planets. You can kind of set up anything like that. Um, Colin, what do you like about it? What do you take away? What do you think is your most appreciative value of it? You know, I, I like what Joe was saying about uh, it being a TV show versus a movie. I think what really separates uh, not even the fandoms, just sort of the content of it, you know, is which one's more serious, Star Trek or Star Wars? Is kind of my grand thesis of a question that I would love to even just throw out to you guys to even think about. But what I think it comes down to is that, like, yeah, Star Trek can be goofier or sillier or maybe even kind of look cheesier and maybe kind of turn off fans that way. I would hope it wouldn't, but... When it comes down to it, it's never a soap opera like Star Wars is. It never comes down to this character is this person's child or this person's daughter. And if it is, that's sort of a critique of the later series like Discovery that sort of is leaning into those tropes a little bit, I would argue. Yeah, I mean, I think really the biggest distinction here is the difference between science fiction and science fantasy. And Star Wars is science fantasy. You know, they're not talking about like, warp mechanics or food replicators or like matter reorganizers they're like you said laser swords the the power of the force magic powers you know soap opera no whereas star trek is way more like hmm let's ask the tough questions of like if you discover a society and they're not as far as advanced as you should you interfere with even just the principles of idealization of we're the world we're earth we've hit our peak what does that mean what would be the next step asking adult questions like that opposed to asking the question of what's a great grand adventure like star wars does is just a little bit different uh and i like that about it yeah, let's let's go ahead and hit some hot takes really quick while we're talking about Star Wars and Star Trek. Then I'll get into my background. We'll move on here to the rest of the show. Star Wars or Star Trek? What are you more of now? When I was a kid, it was Star Wars, but as an adult, I feel my mindset is more Star Trek. Oh, really? Very cool. Explain yeah. that, Mike. Why do you th- feel that way? Just maturity? Just uh, something you respond to with the material? Yeah, I guess let me do quickly like, my background. You know, I didn't watch it either as a kid. I grew up with Star Wars, and I, you know. Love Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. I wanted to be a Jedi, you know. And then same thing. The series was on Netflix. I heard enough about it. And I started with TNG, similar to Joe. Just put it out in the background. I was working from home at the time. So I had, you know, I could work on my laptop and throw whatever on the TV all day. And I would just start there. And then took a season. By the second, third season, and most Trek shows, they say, take a couple seasons. I was just hooked. And I love the morality. I love Patrick Stewart's um, performance. And for me, what I love, and I've watched everything. I've watched every show, every episode, every movie. I just haven't watched the animated series. Ooh, cool. um, the animated series got added to Netflix as well, though. So you could go ahead and check that out now. And oh, wow. oddly, the animated series got them their first, first Emmy, Emmy Award. Oh, that's so terrible. maybe I should watch it at least. But, you know. <laughs> it's kind of like the continuing adventures of um, Kirk. And Spock. And Spock, yeah. We're, and so um, 
what I appreciate about it is like Colin was saying, it's like the idea that what if humanity solved all of its problems and we decided to work together? It's like the best version of humanity. We don't have poverty. We don't have money. We don't yeah, have No war. one uses money anymore. Yeah, except until they do in Deep Space Nine. But nobody, <laughs> has, you know what I mean? But you Hey, know, well, hold on real quick. How do you buy a drink from Whoopi Goldberg? You don't. You don't. She just, she just gives, gives you one? it to you. Oh, super yeah. cool. Yeah, so like if you want to be a bartender, <laughs> you just start doing it. And I guess you get the liquor for free. Yeah. And oh, you just maybe. do it because you, you like it. You just do it with like matter replicators. Yeah, it's true. You just Unless you're it. a Ferengi. If you're a Ferengi, your you're all about that latinum, baby. Yeah, gold press latinum. <laughs> so that's it. And the spirit of exploration, right? Because people can criticize. Like you could take it out of space and just put it on a boat arriving at a new country, a new culture, right? The bad way to look at it is like imperialism and colonialism. But the Which romantic, is exactly what it really is. Right. But Roddenberry's idea of what if it's about the spirit of exploration and humans want to learn more. And we, even though we make mistakes, the idea that we can be better if we strive for that. Right. That's what's fun to me is those ideas, even on an individual level, each person can be better if they work on that and society as a whole. So that's what's fun to me. The drama of Star Trek is always fascinating because people are so advanced or whatever at the time of the show that people literally just think what they're, or say what they're thinking. Like, every character, when they have a conflict, they, like, express their feelings and tackle it head on. In some ways, that seems really healthy. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's absolutely healthy, but I don't know if it makes for the best drama always. Well, you might say it's very logical. What, yeah. I, what I like about Star Trek is it challenges the viewer to examine themselves. Star Wars doesn't do that. Do I like red or do I like green and blue? That's it, you know. But How dare you? I mean, it does to a degree, but... It's well, he's a Last Jedi hater, so I am a last he's Jedi. not really interested in Star Wars that asks questions. <laughs> yeah, but Star Trek Nemesis, you're Star just Tre- eating that up. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy's already chewed all the scenery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we'll get to that. So anyway, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I love Star Trek. Um, it, it is a more kind of introspective viewing experience i feel it's a lot different yeah well i want to be the guest on this episode then guys or no i guess the guest is the expert we would bring on i'm the opposite you guys are my sherpas you know i'm not really a big star trek guy i don't know too much about it i like the offshoots i like uh galaxy quest you know goofy oh, things like that the parody quest. star trek <laughs> you know funny things like that i haven't watched the new series i don't have cbs all access unfortunately no one does it's all right <laughs> yeah. um, nobody watched that without yeah. bootlegging it yeah yeah, Colin, would you say you're the, the normie of the episode? Then? I would say so. Uh, and then again, that uh, the, the reason that we must cover it is when I think of what people used to describe as nerds, it was not Star Wars. It, it was, was Star Trek. Trek. Star it's Trek the original convention. Yeah. Exactly. It's true. And those so that's what yeah. it comes down to. I am a Star Wars boy, but I respect Star Trek. So let's do this. Niche to normie. What about this is niche? What is normie? And go into that direction, right? Well, obviously, the normie is the J.J. Abrams 100%. universe. Um, mm-hmm. You love action. We've got it. Bang, yeah. bang. It's on the big screen. It's Star directed, Trek, yeah. baby. Are you out of your Vulcan Do you mind? like the Beastie Boys? <laughs> yeah, because we love it. the Beastie Boys. Yeah. We got the guy from Fast and the Furious. Let's get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Written by a comedian. I mean, like that, is, I would say, is obviously the, the most normie. You got Absolutely. Bad Boy Kirk. Um, oh, very yeah. cool. Very Even true. more so than he was in the original series. Oh, he's. Uh, hey, was did William Shatner ride a motorcycle? <laughs> no. 
And it's not even Tom Cruise. And they use like space swords in the yeah. second one, right? Spock's well, like fencing. You know, Sulu in the first one, Sulu, oh, Sulu uses samurai stuff. But that's stuff. from yeah. the Naked Now in the original series. Yeah. Oh, very cool. The famous very scene cool. when he has his shirt off with the fencing sword. So the, the Normie is the Abrams verse. Hey, real quick, can we say we've got a Discovery episode? Or is, I'm sorry, this is a Deep, Deep Space, Space Nine, Nine episode Space Nine playing Nine on episode. Netflix right now, Normies, as we're recording this. Uh, it was this a little risque. Does Star Trek ever get a little risque? Well, this is Rise of the Pleasure They're on Rise of the Pleasure Planet. Also, like, the Mirror Universe is basically, like, the sex-driven, like, oh, like weird, kinky, dark yeah. universe where everybody's just, like, sexually aggressive. And, of like, course, there's the stereotype of Kirk and green women. I mean, yeah. that's, the that's again, the normie stuff. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that's the, the stuff n- in the, the memes, pop culture? Yeah. You know, the niche, so I would say, is really, like, I mean, there are people who have blueprints of the ship and like argue over like how you know lifts should operate the trans and like, warp speed uh, yeah, and whether like or not whether ways could... should go well how about this yeah. guys is something like discovery the most recent series again niche it's on cbs all access it's something that is a prequel that is just laying groundwork for longtime fans to appreciate things that either pay off or set up inside the Star Trek series. Is that niche? Well, I would argue it, it's kind of a conundrum because it is very normy in the action and the look and the, and the performances and the tone, um, but very niche in terms of like connections to the Ooh, the grand universe of, of Star Trek. Like we get the mirror universe referenced and like a big yeah, twist yeah. there. And, uh, and rain Wilson is a character who's from the original series tying to Henry mud from the triples episode. Yeah. Oh my God. So like, there's a bunch of like oh weird tie-ins there. Yeah, um, and there's fun I'm ideas saying, with it, but it is designed for that JJ Abrams crowd. Absolutely. So it's kind of heavy. like a weird, like normie on the surface niche on the, on the nitty gritty. I would say, do you guys feel betrayed then as star Trek fans? No, because I, I will always have Picard. That's my Star Trek, by the way. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I was like TNG. I mean, it took I would say like a half a season, and I was in Deep Space Nine. Took me two or three seasons to really get into. Well, then let's go there, right? Star Trek was started as a TV series with Gene Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future, and so let's go to the TV and films. After that, we're going to break down some of the other things, the um, comics and video games involved in Star Trek. Make it so. normies we have just hit the transporters we are back on the bridge and we are ready to talk about the tv series the movies and all the visual media regarding star trek of course that's where it all started in 1966 gene roddenberry had a vision a vision of a perfect future not perfect but near perfect for humanity where we've set aside our differences we work together all races creeds colors and even aliens and we all work together for the betterment of mankind and our place in the universe as a whole this is what predicated the philosophy of Star Trek, right? And they've really stuck true to that idea throughout all of the media. And to me, that's the heart. That's the heartbeat of what makes Star Trek Star Trek, is the idea that humans and humanity can maybe one day rise above our petty squabbles, our wars over religion and resources and this and that. And 
instead of focusing on our differences, come together, right? That's the greatest kind of philosophy that it starts out with. That's its, that's its beginning point. Well, and that's the core of it, right? I mean, that's the heart of Star Trek is is the betterment of mankind. And even when we make mistakes, we still strive for that. Our goal is to be better and do better and contribute in a positive way to the universe, right? Yeah, and beyond that, you know, again, versus the Star Wars argument, you've got the Federation, which is such a large organization, versus the Jedi, which is so small. The Federation completely believes in the philosophical beliefs of Star Trek. Meanwhile, Star Wars, it's like, there is no try, try you know, do or do not. You know, that's like Yoda's saying that to, like, what, a ghost at this point? Yeah, to, <laughs> to one man. Yeah, exactly. You're just to like, one oh, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody else in the Star Wars universe, nobody gives a fuck about other aliens that they encounter or whatever. It's, it is very bitter, yeah, gritty, warlike. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the main difference between the two, and I know we keep coming back to this. I'm sure we will. I mean, a lot of people um, are coming from that vantage point, too. They yeah. Star yeah. Wars. But it's Star Trek is about mankind. Star Wars has never been about mankind. I mean, no, you know, it's, it's about, about one family. family. Yeah. Yep, yeah. exactly. And they're not even, I mean, they're humanoid, but they're not earthlings. No, they know. drink blue milk. Yeah, uh, so they drink white milk. <laughs> Tatooine. Yeah, so Star Wars is about a group of people. Star Trek is about like millions of people and the ideas of societies and cultures clashing and the ramifications of your choices and the way we can conduct ourselves better for each other, even when we're from different planets, different universes. And I think that's a really cool thing to think about how to behave in a way that's conducive for the well-being of all. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, right? Spock said it in Wrath of Khan. When they're always... Khan! <laughs> it was like... We just got one. <laughs> Sorry, you can't say it. Uh, drink every time someone yells Khan. Khan! <laughs> right, keep going. Um, but yeah, I think that's really the jumping off point. So we have the original series, obviously starring William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy. We have uh, DeForest Kelly as Bones. You know, those are the big three over there. We got uh, Scotty. The Takat. big three, guys. Let's go ahead and say we got Patrick Dewan. We got George Sakai, obviously George a huge Takei. thing now. Yep. George Sakai, we'll argue about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it Takai or Takai? Who knows? It's is it Takai? It's how he said Obviously it. huge now as a gay influence. But uh, I'll say, you know, even more what people are saying, and as I alluded before, about a little modern news going on. Nichelle Nichols as Lieutenant right. Uhura. Uhura. First interracial kiss that ever was portrayed on TV between her and Kirk. Guys, just announced this week, suffering from dementia. Oh, unfortunately. No. Yes, terrible. So, you know, our oh. prayers go out to her. And she actually met with um, Zoe Saldana, who plays Uhura in the new movies, and gave oh, her a blessing course. for her to take on. This is when Great. they were first That's in production. That's wonderful. So. Uh, Comic-Con last year, you could sit on the bridge with her. She's oh. always at cons. I'm going to be sad that I, that I missed that opportunity. Um, but we got to talk about the other guy too, James Duhon. I mean, the guy who originally played Scotty. This yeah. was a World War II veteran, yeah. like one of the only guys who actually served. Missing a finger, you can see that in original right. episodes of Star Trek. I mean, the whole cast, everybody was a cool, badass character. Everyone's so iconic too. Like oh, Joe yeah. said, even through pop culture, you know them. You know who they are. Of course. Of them. Think I about mean, this guy. We know this now. He's dead, in, Jim. in hindsight, William Shatner has been wearing a toupee the entire time he was on star trek think about how weird that yeah, is Yeah, i didn't even know that oh, of course um so that's that's what starts it all off and it's, it's you know spawned a lot of memes obviously you get the wrath of khan film uh, you know, the original series you get you, know, you get a red shirt you get five uh five movies from the original series um and then so that runs from 66 to 69 one of the only series to get canceled um because enterprise also got canceled which was the most recent until 
Discovery came out, but... Can you guys name another TV show that invented a handshake as iconic as the Vulcan sign of salute? I was going to say Rocket Power. What? No way. What's the... Wait, hold on. Uh, God damn it. God damn it. You guys got me. Well, it's rockets. It's space, you know, so... Yeah, there you go. Uh, But let's go ahead and look at this. So, Star Trek has spawned a ton of series. I mean, it's pretty much been on TV nonstop since 1966 with, you know, brief breaks here. Uh, I mean, the break in the 70s, but they were still making movies and the animated series. That's right. So, there's still content out there. The animated series but so 66 and 69 we have the original series that's kirk spock and bones uhura etc the animated series 1973 is the continuation of their adventures in a weird 70s cartoon there's a cat person now what ended up happening to that original series mike won them an emmy their first emmy no but i'm talking about the original the original series series. we're talking canceled it got canceled So that's an interesting thing. But even though it was canceled, it still lived on in many ways. Then we go to the next generation, 1987. This was my introduction point. Oh, yeah. I remember my uncles watching it. We're talking Patrick Stewart. We're talking Jordy LaForge. That's LeVar Burton. We're talking Marina Sithis. Riker. um, God, it's killing me. Michael Dorn is Worf. Michael Dorn is Worf. Right. We have Jonathan Frakes as Riker. Uh, He gets a beard in the second season. It's great. He goes on to direct. (laughs) Many of the Star Trek films. A lot of the episodes and made his directorial debut in um, one of the movies. I can't remember which. One of the Next Generation cast movies. First Contact he did, I believe. Oh, was it First Contact? And yeah. he, I think he may have also Gets done to work he with did James Cromwell. How great uh, is okay. that? And James Cromwell was in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Listen to that episode, Normie. So that's a tie-in. <laughs> a great a lot tie. of people are so tied great into Star time, Trek. You know, The Rock has been on Star Trek. And oh, wait. On. Whoa, so, whoa, hold on. So you brought it up. Let's talk about the crazy fucking people who have all been in Star Trek. Let's you tell me right quick. now. Yeah. Wait, tell me right now which one The Rock's well, been the Rock is in deep space. No, Voyager. Voyager. Wow. The, Rock is, okay. the Rock plays a Keep gladiator going with your list. Let me know. Yeah, the we'll Rock's get back because I want to talk about some of the crazy yeah, well, cameos. Let's get, we'll do that. So there's a lot of great cameos in Star Trek. So we have Next Generation, 87 to 94, plenty of movies. Deep Space Nine starts congruently while that's airing 1993. There's a little bit of overlap with Picard. Two season overlap, yeah. Now you have Captain Sisko played by um, Brooks. Um, Avery Brooks. Um, I don't know all the names going forward here because it's the ones I'm less familiar with, but I still watch all of them. But yeah. Avery Brooks is the Captain Cisco on the space station. So if Star Trek was wagon train in space, this is like the Rifleman where we have a set town and the bad guys come to wow. town and the sheriff's got to hold them off. Yeah. And this was, I mean, yeah. this took me a minute because it's the first Star Trek that's not following the adventures of a ship. They're not exploring. Um, they're sitting still. Yeah. But in a weird way, they are exploring still because you have a lot of like religious elements that come into play with like... Phenomena. Uh, it, well, it's it's a, a race uh, or species of alien that like the the space station is set like on the edge of what we know of the galaxy so you have a lot of like unexplored people the rest coming is to the town wild west and also it just happens to be right next to the only stable wormhole ever discovered <laughs> so Uh-oh. but if we look at this in the old west framework right it's like now the railroads are coming in our old dusty town that had all outlaws now we have civilization coming to us we're a big trade center the trains running right by us and we're stationed here. Now we have to deal with all these new problems coming from the outside world, pushing against our frontier. Very cool. So it's a different type of Star Trek, where Next Generation and the original series are about exploration. It's more of a, a grounded kind of a weekly show about the town and the inhabitants of the town and how they respond to outside forces. So, And like it's the first one where every character you're following isn't necessarily a member of the Federation or Starfleet. You have a lot of like just weird offshoot people who live on the station, like Quark, the bartender. Who are not affiliated with any of the Federation planets. Yeah, they're just there. 
So it's a different way to look at it. And pretty much that's the only series like that because Voyager, they get stranded 75 um, light years away. Yeah, where it would take them 200 years to get back to Federation Yeah, space. so they're still exploring and trying to get home. Enterprise is Scott Bakula. Oh, and we had to say Kate Mulgrew is the female captain on Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um, she does a great job as, um, as Captain Janeway. And it wasn't originally her, but they went with her. Um, and she doesn't like oh, to be called wow. Sir, which is a, a little character trait that they added in. Yeah, yeah. She does not like to be called Sir, which on a you know Navy or military outpost, you would be called Sir regardless um, of gender. Then you have Enterprise with Scott Bakula, who is uh, um, Quantum Leap fame. He's on like L.A. Law he's or jumping. something. Oh, he's on a he's ton of TV shows. And Check him out on It's Always Sunny. Yeah, but he's great. So he's the Captain Archer, and this is a prequel to the Kirk and Spock series and it's the first time a human ship has gone into space so you get kind of that early going we're from earth and we do things like earthlings and take us seriously yeah well and it's like <laughs> before we've really become enlightened yeah because I mean, you gotta think next generation is about 100 years after the original series next- and this is about 200 years before any of that and it's funny you get a lot of aliens like earth never heard of it yeah you know <laughs> and we're like you see how small we were in space we're just dipping our toe in that greater universe so this thing has been explored top to bottom, this idea of humans exploring space. And we've done prequels to Kirk, after Kirk. We've done, you know, exploration base. And, you know, there's there's a lot of different genres that it's tackled. There's been a ton of movies, obviously, too. And leading up to now, the J.J. Abrams verse. Yeah, so there was like a two to three year break between the cancellation of Enterprise and the birth of the J.J. Abrams universe. But what I think is interesting is... Star Trek's never really been rebooted. It's all taking place in the same universe. Well, you even kind the of look stuff. at the Abrams thing. It's it's a soft reboot, as they say. Soft, but Leonard Nimoy is still there as Spock. It's we now have an alternate parallel timeline. universe. Yeah. Can I ask you guys though? I thought I've heard. Hasn't it been that the series has not progressed forward since Next Generation? That's my big issue. Um, if I'm going to do a hot take, I really don't like that Discovery went backwards. They, I want, we already went backwards. Well, with because Enterprise. let's talk Why about the rest now? of them. We've got yeah. the actual running series currently, Discovery on CBS Access, That's like right. we talked about, and then the two uh, announced that we really don't kind of know anything about is the untitled series with Captain Picard that was just announced that Patrick Stewart is coming back to reprise his character for his own series. So what does that mean? That would obviously have to move forward. This is a big thing too because this has never been done where we've revisited a character, especially one who is a captain. They maybe show up in cameo in a film, but this is like a big deal. Is it Admiral Picard? I don't know. I thought he just wanted to chill oh on his Oh my god, vineyard. that'd be really cool. Well, yeah, what's interesting they is they did that with the... Kirk too and he just got back on the he wanted to be a captain. He didn't want to be an admiral. The finale of Next Generation jumps 25 years into the future and shows us that Picard went on to become an ambassador and then retire and he's just chilling on his vineyard. Do you think that they're going to keep to that or do you think that's going to be a different universe and now we're going to be in the Kelvin universe? It's one of those dream I things don't want where Kelvin he's playing universe. the flute. No, I, well, that's, that's a great episode, by the way. I, I think it would have to be something with the Borg. That's what would get him to come oh back. Oh, my God. It's the only of way course, he'd come back. Yeah. Of course. Uh, let's talk about, you know, we've, we've laid the groundwork for everything. Yeah. So my Trek is next generation, but I've seen it all. Hey, yeah. can I ask you guys just a, a dumb normie question real quick? All those series that we just listed off, are they all named after the vehicle that the characters drive every every series? Oh, you know what? Uh, yes, no. They're not. Next generation is not. I mean, oh, unless I you consider not. that it's the next generation right. of the Enterprise. That's right. And TOS oh, is just Star Trek. Oh, it's still the Enterprise. Yeah. 
that they're operating it's in. It's the that. Enterprise D. It's the yeah. fourth iteration. But yeah, you're right. They souped up the engine. They took it to the shop. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they pimped my ride. Oh, great. Exhibit's still out there. <laughs> so four of... Deep seven. Space Nine is named after Four Deep of Space seven Nine, obviously. So Discovery is the vehicle. The ship. The ship, yeah. the, and Enterprise also uses the Enterprise? It's the, it's at, the first version of Oh, that's ship, a prequel. Yeah. So it's like before we have even the Federation of Planets, it's just an Earth ship called the NX-01 Enterprise. And then when we become the Federation, that's when you get the NCC-1701 Enterprise, which is Kirk, and then Picard is on the Enterprise dash D. So Scott Bakula's not wearing yellow shirts or red shirts or anything. He's wearing he's, a blue like they're all defender or something yep. like that. It looks wow. very much like a submarine. It's all metal huh. railings. It's not pretty. It's like the first Earth ship. It has like wow. 300, maybe 180 people on board. Yeah, and like, I mean, you know, set your phasers to stun, obviously, is like a huge thing that oh we hear God, in yeah. all of Star Trek. They, in the in Enterprise, it's just like straight up like phase pistols, I think is what they call uh, them. And it's just like them. a gun that shoots like a laser. <laughs> they wow. don't even have like the shields that we like full power to shields. Like they have no, no protection. Hollow suites, food replicators. Really wow. none of that is there. Deep Space Nine is the satellite. It's the yeah, Deep Space, space Nine is the space station. Uh, Terok Nor. But that's the name Terok of the Nor. satellite? Yeah, it, Deep, Deep Space Nine space is the name that's of the, our name the station. For it. Wow. it was built by the Cardassians. Who we ran? You guys are taking me away. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. I mean, okay, yeah. Let's do some tops or bottoms here, right? There's a let's lot. Do that. Of There's Star a lot Trek. here. Let's get our favorites. Um, I, mean, I would you say can Mike, talk favorite races. You can talk favorite movies. I mean, hit yeah. me with your Human. tops and bottoms of hip hop horns, Mike. That's very racist. <laughs> uh, uh, just hit me with your tops and bottoms of all Star Wars guys. That's what I want to know about Star you guys. Wars or Star Star Trek of Star Trek and why you love it, what you love about it. Like we we're saying, hit me. Top Captain. Top captain, Picard. Picard, Hands easy. Down. Yeah. Because um, why? He's the most measured. He's the most version of what I think Starfleet thought it was going to be. Kirk punches and kisses. Yeah, I'll yeah. say Kirk. I'll I say he's like fun. I love that he punches and kisses. Punches and like kisses. <laughs> Those are right. But like, what does he do? So can I ask, does Picard stand up on the bridge and yell at a TV screen like Kirk would? No, you know, he drinks he tea emotional? and he's very calm. And, and I don't know. I need a guy who's threatening to, you know, strangle no, but here's a reptilian. You get that with Riker, who's his first <laughs> officer. Ah, gotcha. So like, you still have that, but he's not the captain. And like, I think the reason Picard's my favorite is because he's really... You know, what you would look up to in a leader, like what you'd actually want as a leader. Um, if I can jump in here. The yeah, real, Mike also said Picard. The real reason is because it's Patrick Stewart. Yeah, 100%. No one else would have brought the weight to that role. Like wow. the, the way he can sell that I wear a one-piece jumpsuit and talk to aliens about diplomacy, like, come on. <laughs> I mean, we should really drop in the, the audio from... The, the family guy bit where Stewie's just like, you know, even even uh, Patrick Stewart handled aging gracefully, unlike that, you know, swine uh, William Shatner. Shatter, like, yeah. there's that whole bit uh, where he's like, he's you. so T.J. Hooker's looking great, guys. Come on. Um, yeah, it's, it's Picard's, uh, Patrick Stewart's performance as Picard, which is what yeah. it is. He's so measured. He's so calculated. He knows, you know, but he is conflicted, too. There's things about him. He doesn't like kids. He never had nope. a family, you know, and then there's one uh, in a movie, I believe, like his nephew dies and he always felt like, well, my nephew will carry on our family. But now that he's dead, what do I have? So he's a little conflicted with he ch that he chose his career over family. That pops up, but mostly he's just a very career driven guy. Does he have a woman that he stood by the entire time? There's like a, 
Will they want they? Yeah, will they want they with uh, an archaeologist, a space archaeologist? Oh, not his and counselor, a little bit with Doctor Crusher. Not yeah. Oh Cone, no. yeah, Beverly Crusher. I guess you could say Beverly that. Beverly Crusher gets a will they won't they? They have a very well, who's will will we? Can, can I say real quick? Is the won't they that he doesn't want to be the stepdad to Will we? <laughs> <laughs> kind yeah. of. Yeah, he really, really doesn't. Patrick like, Stewart's like I don't think so. Uh, he doesn't like Will Wheaton as much as the audience didn't like Will Wheaton. Shut up, Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, I just there's a lot of fun stuff with Picard, and also the the crew surrounding him. I think is the strongest overall crew. I mean, I mm, can't the best first know. officer. Is I Fox. don't know better than original characters. In my opinion, Worf as tactical officer is great. Lavar Burton is engineer. The way he makes scientific drivel sound convincing and fun. Okay, I mean, like so like who really in Next Generation him. says beam me up? Well, everybody. What? To There's to not up. a Scott. He's not the guy who's controlling. Uh, first Captain all, O'Brien, I guess you would say, O'Brien. is kind of doing what, what he's talking O'Brien's about here. O'Brien's transporter chief. His favorite transporter room is transporter room free, three. When he goes to DS9, he says he misses transporter room three. Well, so hold on. So in the later series, a lot of these people are crossing over to the others and carrying on. As you've mentioned before, Joe and Mike, I yeah. believe as well, that Worf is throughout most of these, right? Worf is in both Deep Space Nine and... Um, Next generation. Next generation. When Next Generation ended, he went over to Deep Space Nine. He got transferred. Wow. So he shows up in the last three seasons, I think, of Deep Space Nine. But like Captain O'Brien, or Engineer O'Brien, as he was in the uh, Next Generation, left Next Generation to go to uh, Deep Space Nine. To be when it started. head engineer. Yeah. So yeah. it was kind of like a familiar face. And like Patrick Stewart is in the pilot of Deep Space Nine. So they really try to ease you into it with well, people you know. What's really cool about this, and I don't want to get too into the lore of Star Trek, but Colin, I think you'll appreciate this. There's a, you know, the Enterprise um, is fighting the Borg in the next generation. And, you know, Picard gets assimilated by the Borg. He becomes one of the enemy named Locutius. And they lose wow. a lot of ships in this battle trying to get him back. It's called Wolf 1359 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the captain of Deep Space Nine, Cisco, was in that battle and his wife died. And then he... As a result of Picard. As a result of yeah. Picard being wow. absorbed so by the Borg. So he hates Picard. So then he is on the screen with Picard getting his new assignment. Picard is like, hey, I want the Bajorans to be in the Federation. Keep an eye on the station. He's like, oh, we know each other? And then Cisco says, I was at Wolf one three five nine and then you see picard's face change because he knows oh the sacrifice he made for himself and like wow. just to yeah save picard and save the federation so he's like because i did bad things you know and there's just this interesting interplay between them of where he's aware that and cisco's a great captain as well he and it's a great a ripple to show that this universe is connected and what happened to picard and we're happy that we got him back now you have to think about this affected some other oh, lives. yeah here are the like this guy's wife died because of and picard. he's been living with that for three years and we never saw him yeah. But this is what his life became because of that. Welcome to the pilot of the show. You, that's how you meet him. That's how you meet this guy. So it's it's really powerful in that sense. Let's let's do some more tops and bottoms though. Uh, favorite villain. Ooh, Ooh, bad guys. I was thinking Gal the same Ducat, scene. Gal Deep Space oh, Nine. Fuck Gal Ducat, man. He makes me so goddamn He's mad. He's such a good villain, though. He's such a good villain. And yeah. then in the last season, Let's he becomes like Colin. a religious pilot. So what pilot. is that? Yeah, tell me. So Gal Ducat. There, there's the Cardassians with Gal the Bajorans. Ducat. Um, so the Kardashians were trying to take over Bajor and yeah, Bajor. The Kardashians space. are trying to take over. <laughs> yeah, tell so me obviously that. the Kardashians are the biggest villain, is what we're saying. <laughs> but you know, so they're like this very intrigue. They're very espionage spy. They say one thing to you, but they you know they'll smile to your face and stab you in the back. So Gal Dukat is like this kinda, is a picture of a Kardashian. So oh, you wow. can see what they look like too. That's Garrick. You He's always get incredible prosthetics in Star Trek. Yeah, they're great. So these guys are kind of the the espionage. They're the main villains of Deep Space Nine, and uh, Gal Dukat is like the leader of the force trying to take back the power that they lost and like really regain control. So he's like the military guy. 
Yeah. And he's also kind of obsessed with getting the Bajorn people who he essentially enslaved to like thank him for it. I mean, like he really wants them to like respect him. He's all about like, even with Cisco, like trying to get the enemy to respect him. He's like the occupation force that really doesn't believe it's doing wrong. No, he thinks he's the good guy. It's really fascinating. Like he really, he's not a bad guy twirling his mustache. He's like, he doesn't understand why no one's grateful no. for what he tried to do. And then like in the last two seasons, he becomes like a religious zealot who's like basically wor- worshiping the devil version of the Bajoran gods. Yeah. The uh, Powraiths. It's interesting though because none of us said Khan um, and yeah. also none of us said the Borg which I, I would say the Borg honestly the Borg I, I like Galdukan as a single a single antagonist yeah. but as a whole the Borg and specifically before Khan Noonan Singh before first contact yeah the Union Singh I don't like the Borg Queen. I don't like the Borg Queen. I don't uh, like the Borg in the movies. Uh, so hold on, Joe. Tell us, what do you like about the Borg? The Borg, it's just kind of like the faceless monster. You know what I mean? Like, there are, like, a swarm of locusts in the series. Like, Not when they show up, they don't easy, even care about you. for the you. Federation's cowboys to have a Indians to be able to chase down. Uh, it's not like that. Of. These guys are, like, efficiency epitomized. So yeah. all they do is they roam through and they absorb culture. And whatever's good, they keep. Whatever's bad, they throw away, and it's like a hive mind. Well, think about Damn. it, too. It's kind of like the bad guy version of the Federation. I mean, they're out there to explore everything and assimilate Convert it into them. to their beliefs. Which is exactly what the Federation is doing. Just the Federation does it with a good spirit, and the Borg does it with, you know, conquest. And just, like, pure efficiency. Like, we just take it over, and we take what's useful, and we delete the rest, and it's a hive mind. And the, it's like, they're like zombies almost. Very um, much so, yeah. Basically, what they represent is, like, the lack of personal identity. Because there is no individuality. Everybody's a hive mind, and everything just works as a system. And as humans and Americans and, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, our personal identity and personal choice is, like, held really dear to us. And even in the Federation and Federation yeah, free planets, will. So they represent the removal of free will and like that's like a huge threat to you know, there's a great episode called i borg where they they capture one and uh what do they name it they give they give it a name and it's like hugh oh, man no yeah i think it is <laughs> something like hugh i think it is hugh yeah maybe it is maybe my joke is actually really um, truth. <laughs> but yeah so you know, what happens if he gets pulled out of the collective and he has to learn what personal identity is um the funny thing about this is there's so much to talk about. And tops and bottoms, I mean, worst, you know, do you have a worst captain? I think Janeway makes a lot of mistakes. I've um, only seen a couple episodes, but I don't like... Every every captain kind of starts out the same way. And maybe it's only because I've seen a couple episodes where it's like, we take no nonsense. We're very serious. And then, like, by the end of it, like, there's a great episode of Next Generation where they, they throw up a card appreciation day. Um, oh, and God, it's like, yeah. oh, he's like having fun and smiling by the end of it. But in the beginning, they're all so no nonsense. That's kind of all I've seen in Janeway. Well, you know, at least Archer, this is Scott Bakula in the prequel series. He brings his dog on board. <laughs> so like he's like, it's like very America. And they're like, oh, we're Earth and Earthlings are we don't give up so easily. And like, you know, all the aliens look down on them because like you're just babies in space. Like, I think the Scott Bakula one is so fun because he's got to really stand up for Earthlings. Like, don't, <laughs> hey, come on. We're serious. I want to sit at the adults table, you know, and the Vulcans yeah. are kind of overseeing the exploration. Just like, like, come on now. Look, you guys Hold steady. don't know what you're doing. There's yeah. shit out here that can fuck you up. So we're going to sure. babysit you uh, the whole time. So it is Hugh. 
by the way. Wow. In Iborg. <laughs> they name him Hugh. Hugh. Well, if I can give an outsider's sort of opinion on the villains, I'm kind of shocked that you guys didn't say one in particular. Maybe I don't really understand them that well, but one I'm very curious about. The Borgs are very cool. I definitely agree with you liking them, Joe. I think they have the coolest ships. I mean, the cube. The, the cube. shapes yeah. are so fucking badass. But how about Q? The bad guy of Next Generation, is or I guess the anti-hero? He is chaotic neutral. So the way that I yeah. look at it, and you know, just please lay on me everything about him, but as an outsider, I see him as this you know, mischievous space Loki. He's yeah, a yeah. god, exactly all-powerful, all-knowing. That's what I want to see in the movies. You know, the the most recent one should be playing up to, what if they encountered a force like that? You know, it doesn't have to be this unstoppable problem it can be an unstoppable person you know or they run into the joker in space what does that mean he is kind of like the joker in space and he makes appearances um on deep space nine voyager and oh damn so he sticks around he is a fan favorite character but i would say like because he's really only a villain two or three times he joins the enterprise is that correct (laughs) he likes to pretend the thing is he he calls picard the closest thing i have in this universe to a friend and, uh, you know, well, first off, what is he? He's an alien. He's an omnipotent being, all powerful. Can pretty much he's limitless. He can do anything yeah. he wants. I and mean, he's he's like a god. He calls himself Q. They are all Q. It's the Q continuum. They are all Q. The Q continuum. They exist outside of time, outside of our reality. But he likes to kind of come play around with the lesser beings, the Beyonders and Marvel. I'm totally on board. A hundred percent. Very cool. That's a okay. really good. Uh, and he finds humans comparison. fascinating. And there's a you know an episode where he becomes human, and he's like, "What is this feeling? Like you're hungry." He's like. This is most inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't understand <laughs> hunger or needing sleep, you know, and he's so baffled by human, you know. So. He's also kind of like the genie. Like, you know, he's always wearing weird costumes and like all of a sudden he'll be like in a mariachi band to like yeah, make a joke. He is like oh, the genie. He's pretty goofy. Oh, um, but there's something with him too where, um, you know, he gets kicked out of the continuum because he's too much of a trickster. They're like, You're, dude, you can't like, yeah. you can't be that weird. Play cool, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like the outcast of even his own society, but he is all powerful. I mean, um, are they waiting for these future films to go to the next generation to tap into source material like that stuff? You know, why why not use it? All right, let, let me let's talk about the Abrams verse and where we are now, really quick, because I think it was bullshit that they just redid Khan for the second movie <laughs> when the second original series movie was Khan. Hey, here's an idea. Yeah, let's just <laughs> no do that again. See well, Kelvin. the other thing that really bothers me is it's, it's the same thing with the Dark Knight Rises, where on the press tour. Everyone was like, oh, you're con, right? You're doing con. And they were like, no, no, no. No, we're not doing con. It's not con. And then it comes out and it's like, yeah, we fucking knew it, man. Fucking con job. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and that's the thing. All right, so let's talk. First of all, I want to make clear. Star Trek is best as a TV show. 100%. Even in the Next Generation films and the original series films, they turn them into action movies, and they are just not. The characters do things they're not supposed to do. Picard acts like more militant and will want to shoot so, stuff. Well, he's like such more. a badass so all of a sudden. got to disagree, guys. Yeah. As an outsider, super handsome guys on motorcycles is Star Trek well, no. to me. <laughs> Explosions and lasers. Excluding the Chris Pratt. I mean, there's a lot of action there, right? Explosions Chris Pine. Yeah, Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, Chris, Chris Evans. Chris fucking knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and oh, speaking of, Star Trek Four is delayed because Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth are having contract disputes. So what's yes. interesting about that is Chris Hemsworth is... Picard's uh, dad. Or no, uh, Kirk's, Kirk's dad, dad Kirk's in dad. the first one. He and just he shows up yeah, and dies in the first five minutes. I mean, that was before even Thor came out. It suggests a time travel element to the fourth film. Exactly, because otherwise, why would Guys, we see Chris Hemsworth? that's before Cabin in the Woods came out. Yeah, well, Cabin in the Woods was made at that point. So remember, that true. movie was wow. delayed for four years. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's an interesting thing there. Why would uh, Chris Pine be going back to save Chris Hemsworth? Because that's his father. And then does that now we have Chris Hemsworth in the Star Trek universe and Abrams? I don't know. But those are stories a, that you guys want explored. Time travel. It seems like something that they would do. That's yeah, the only I mean, reason Chris Hemsworth wants more money because he has a bigger role than dying in one scene. Star Trek fucking loves time travel, which Captain is so funny. Captain Kirk punches Hitler all the First time. First Contact is, in my opinion, the best Star Trek movie, and it's all about time travel. Absolutely. Uh, you don't like First Contact? I don't like any of the movies. To be a hundred percent honest, really? I think, wow. uh, except for the JJ movies. The JJ movies are fine. They're not really like star trek to me or whatever but i think almost all of the tng cast movies in particular it's like when has I yeah i don't like picard ever been running around with a gun and like there's one point where like they're fighting the borg and he's like if you run into a friend who's been turned into a borg shoot him in the fucking Do not face hesitate to oh yeah shoot and it's like oh but picard. remember when you became a borg dog like you're the one guy that was re- saved from being a borg and you're like there's no hope kill yeah them. Ju- just kill them all and it's like that's one... that's that's not picard hashtag not my captain not my captain yeah do you remember when one of them starts with picard and everybody getting killed on the bridge and then it's a simulation and he goes oh yes very good simulation the other thing that really movie. like annoys me and it was the same with like the power rangers movie when i was a kid um all of a sudden the bridge doesn't look like the bridge like why like yeah the enterprise looks different well they have a better lighting budget and stuff i kind of like the different look you know yeah alpha five's looking real shiny oh, no that's yeah dumb. <laughs> it's like it just doesn't make sense to me where it's like oh okay all of a sudden like these things that i know for for seven seasons just like got an upgrade here's a weird thing about budgets as a quick note i think the set for deep space nine had a bigger budget than like the sets for first contact mm. like they spent so much money on the deep space nine set because it's three floors it's this big uh, courtyard and stuff. Yeah, promenade. So, well, but when, when you're making a movie, you get more budget. I, I'm fine with the lighting being different because it, it can get fatiguing to a non-TV show fan to just see that flat-ass lighting. And, oh, yeah, you know, but like, I guess what I'm saying is I just the characters don't feel like the characters. The writing is what is the biggest insult um, to me, not the look. You yeah, know? the characters don't feel like the characters. The look is different than what I'm used to. I just like, you're a TV show, man. Stay a TV show. Well, yeah. let's talk about the big three. So let's talk about Star Trek. Let's talk about Star Trek Into Darkness and Star Trek Beyond. And we're talking budgets, Mike. If you want to talk about budgets real quick, yeah. the reason we're having these disputes for quote-unquote Star Trek Four, which who knows what that even is going to be, is because of the poor box office results of the third film, Star Trek Beyond. And actually, I said First Contact is my favorite Star Trek movie, but honestly, I think Star Trek Beyond now is even though there's a lot of issues with it it's widely regarded it's so as fun. one of the favorites it's cool. yeah. I, I love, love the beastie it's about boys to start. i hate the beastie boys but i think it's the most like star trek that any of the abrams movies have been yeah i mean i like the the idea of kirk Simon like going Pegg through wonderlust and it's a classic premise we're stranded on a planet the ships broke how do we get off like yeah. that's like so many episodes and the have fact been done that they're like about that. to start their journey is so cool yeah or their mormon mission <laughs> so you have the first one though we get the time travel thing to break the timeline yeah, um yeah, you get yeah. eric bannon as the the bad guy I can't remember his name he's a romulan he's a romulan's, romulan's come yeah, back I and i think the are you out of your Vulcan of the mind? first film is eric bonna's villain i no. love nero nero's his name nero nero the space miner yeah and like everyone's like that's not romulans but to me like all the star trek thing you know pushing up their glasses but they're just a mining crew like they're not representative of the romulan culture they're just some dudes on a mining ship who have a vendetta. So it's fine if they have tattoos and they are like different. 
because they're, yeah, they're not space pirates. Yeah, they're not the and Romulan. So Romulans core. are the cousins of the Vulcans. They're the they're more militant. They're they're bad guy yeah. Vulcans. Okay. Yeah, they're militant, and you know Vulcans are logical. Logic means we destroy you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they 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 don't even do logic. They're just like we want power and gotcha. imperialism. You know, they're like smart Klingons. Klingons are just like we fight because we fight, and then Romulans are like. Hmm. I fucking love Klingons. How do we? Klingons are great. <laughs> oh, well, we didn't do this top or bottom. Top and bottom species. Oh, man. I love Andorians in Enterprise. You haven't seen Enterprise? You're all about the Andorians. I, what like, is they, an Andorian? they look like bug people. Andorians oh, have gross. blue skin and the little antennas on their oh, ears. Oh, no. They're also like notoriously paranoid. They always think everybody's trying to like fuck them over. They're like, this is a, this is a trap, right? And it's like, it's not. Like They have a hard time Chill trusting out, other cultures, right? Yeah. But I don't know. I just like Andorians. The, the actor who plays Shran... I can't remember his name, but he plays characters in almost every single Star Trek series, and he always does a great job. He plays the Vorta in Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. The guy with the weird ears? Yeah. That guy plays Shran in Enterprise. Um, anyway, that those words mean things to you, Colin? No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. But I, I like the Andorians, obviously, but the famous ones, Klingons are fun and Romulans. You got to go with classics. Yeah. yeah. Klingons are great. Um I think the Ferengi are fucking hilarious. Oh, gross. And like a really Do you know frag- about the Ferengi? Do you know what those look like? They, um, they make capitalism. me sick. Yeah, they're all about capitalism. Um, the rules of acquisition. <laughs> yeah, the rules of acquisition. Bible. And and Quark, who is the main um, Ferengi we know, was actually featured in TNG um, as Ferengi number four. I mean, when they encounter them on a random planet. They wanted the Ferengi to be the main villains for them. Yeah, but they ended up being these kind of like funny, like, haha, they believe in capitalism. Like, they're they're kind of backwards people. Um, they got a big overhaul, yeah, yeah, especially in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, by, by the time they get to Deep Space Nine, they're really kind of just a, a joke. Um, but they and, have some of the best episodes. Oh, yeah. Little Green Men. Little Green Men, where they get transplanted back to Roswell. Yeah. And they oh are the God. Roswell so aliens. Time but what's so fun about that is they go back to Roswell and they love capitalism. And they see in the 60s, everybody's smoking cigarettes. And because they're so about money, they're like, if these humans are willing to pay money to poison themselves, they'll buy anything. Yeah. So they're, they're like, like, we're going to fucking run them for everything so they're it's worth. it's like this commentary on like people who smoke cigarettes. And it's funny that they're like, if humans will poison themselves willingly, we can sell them whatever we want. Yeah, it's, it's like, really. it's such this. They're like used car salesmen, the species. Throwaway line, yeah. though. It says a lot. But yeah, they're fun. Um, and I, I like the trail. They're the ones that have the, like the spots and they have, you know, they can connect with a symbiote. So they have like past lives and stuff like that. We first meet them in the next generation. Yeah. There's a trail that needs urgently to go to its new host body. Mm-hmm. And they take care of it. Meanwhile, then we have Jexia Dax in Deep Space Nine. Jetsia. And and then Ezra Dax, right? Yeah, Ezra's fine or whatever. She's but fine. Jetsia is like my my Star Trek crush. Fair enough, fair enough. Star Trek crushes is another. <laughs> I think uh, Ensign Doctor Crusher is a crush, not for Gross. me though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You like Beverly Crusher? I don't know. She's a Beverly. redhead. I thought that's some of your she Mary is. Jane syndrome. It, it is. Yeah, and my mom's syndrome. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, uh, can I say my favorite species uh, is probably if you guys will tell me what they're called? The shells that Data is are they synths, replicants? Data's, you know? just, an Data's just an android. Yeah, he's so just an he's android. One of a kind, baby. Yeah, but you see his well, brothers or his yeah two his of siblings. A kind. Yeah, he's got one the sibling. Films, and he correct. makes one child. Oh yeah, that's a weird episode. Yeah, <laughs> but just weird. the idea that Brent Spinner would wear that makeup for every goddamn episode, and the fact that he still doesn't have cancer or something—I mean, God he bless also, you, sir. He also so he plays it's Data and what's Lore? Lore, yeah, Lore, yeah, Lore is his bad guy brother, and in Lore. aged up. No, it's great names because Data is 
analysis and quantifiable stuff, and lore is speculation. Of course. And a liar. Of course. Yeah. Like, like character trait-wise. Even the name-wise, yeah. Um, and he plays Dr. Noonien Sung. Yeah, he plays the guy who created him wow. in aged-up makeup to make him look like 150 years and old. And he plays the grandfather of and that he's related guy to in Khan? Enterprise. Yeah. Basically, anything related with Data is Brent Spiner. Yeah. Because Brent Spiner also plays the grandfather of Noonien Sung, or the father of Noonien Sung in Enterprise in a three-episode arc. Data's a, uh, like, probably the character I hope most comes back in the Picard series. Oh, that'd he's be very dead, cool. though. Oh, no. Oh, in one of the movies, does he die? Yeah, he blows himself up he, as a bomb in yeah, Nemesis. Yeah, he blows himself up in Nemesis, yeah. right. Oh, that's right. Uh, I watched an episode of Frasier recently. No, but doesn't he come... <laughs> at the end, they, like, put him back together. I'm that pretty was, sure there's, like, oh, he's a different body, he but he has his memories. He himself in First Contact, and then he does it again in Nemesis. Because in First Contact, um, the Borg Queen is, thinks he's on her side, and he's like, no, I'm actually on Picard's side, and, you know. Anyway. Yeah, because she's putting, like, real skin on him, like Frankenstein. Yeah, he it's wants gross. Yeah, it's super gross, and it grows on him. Uh, <laughs> I was watching an episode gross. of Frasier recently where he guest starred, and uh, he was on a plane, and the flight attendant said, you're very pale, and he said, usually I'm paler. Wow. Hey, there you so, go. Incredible. Uh, you brought up Frasier. Kelsey Grammer has been in Star Trek as oh, really? a captain. Yeah. That's true. And as we a have, captain? Yeah, mm-hmm. been, yeah. And we oh, gross. did not talk about The Rock. The Rock. A great cameo. In like Voyager. Joe said, he plays a gladiator on Voyager. He fights Seven of Nine, who is the half Borg, played by uh, Jerry Ryan. I think so. Tell me he plays yeah. like a Klingon, or does he play like he a just Vulcan? He's got some shit on his forehead. Doing, uh, and, uh, okay. You know. Yeah. Iggy Pop. Oh, cool. Is in an episode of Deep Space Nine. That's right. That's right. Boy, mates. And we need to Not mention Ricardo <laughs> Montalban is Khan in, yeah. um, in Space Seed and the Wrath of Khan film, and that's hugely iconic. Um, my hot take, real quick, um, I think Wrath of Khan sucks. What? No, it's a classic 80s movie. I, I love that film. I think it's boring. I think Khan and Kirk are never face-to-face. Ricardo Montalban is covered in so much oil in that film yeah, <laughs> that really it is. alone defies science. The air conditioners broke on that <laughs> ship. It's just so glossy, yeah. Um, but I don't know. That's just a random hot take. There is so many people. Well, like, you yeah. hate Fantasy Island too, Mike. Yeah, I never watched it. <laughs> never watched Fantasy Island. Um, the thing with Star Trek is it's so expansive. I mean, the other thing is like if you have a standout like favorite episodes because there's so many that pop into my head. You know, I, there's a lot. I know Colin, you've seen you know a limited amount. Joe just finished P- Deep Space Nine. And yeah, stuff. Troubles and Tribulations. We were just Troubles watching before the uh, recording this episode. Yeah, is there a good jumping in point because Star Trek series take a while to get going it took us a season at least so each. we'll say this do you guys watch the new one we've t- we've touched on it in the past so have you watched discovery is that the jump in point should fans be hitting the newest series no my opinion Damn. no jump to netflix that's what you're saying mike uh, get to next generation this is the tricky I would, yeah, thing i would say tng is the best place patrick stewart is your compass I, let him guide you yeah and you can go from there i think you know if you, you guys make me very interested in it it's worth it, man. Like it'll take. I'm. It's it's an eight hour investment to actually get interested. Okay, so let me ask: if you didn't have eight hours to pitch someone, if you could pitch them one episode to get them on board with what Star Trek was, what would that be? I have one in mind. If you want time to think, uh, yeah, go ahead and answer that. Cause My answer is the Next Generation: The Measure of a Man. In the Measure of a Man, Data, who was technically built by Starfleet or Noonien Sung, who worked for Starfleet at the time or whatever. They want to now make copies of him. So they are trying to determine whether he is property of Starfleet or a free individual. Oh, God. Because he is an android and they have to have a trial. But does he have free will? Not does he have free will, but does he have rights? Oh, my God. To choose Wait, whether Mike, or not. are you saying short circuit? 
Not quite as good. <laughs> Almost as good as Short Circuit 2. Almost as good. Is he painted gold at the end and given citizenship? Like, where's the yellow shirt? He should be painting gold. But this is where you look at the ideals of Star Trek. Yeah. We have this other thing. We want to seek out new life. And Picard has a, has a line where he says, we are here to seek out new life. Well, there it sits. Damn. You know, right before you, right? This is new life. This is artificial intelligence that has become self-aware. We created this is life and it should have rights. And they have this big debate with the admiral who's trying to be impartial. If we had a million of these, they could do all the dangerous missions and we would never lose humans, right? We could send them to the planets that are made of lava and they would be fine, you know? And then Data's like, is that not slavery? Like, like all these ideas of like, how do we treat lives lesser than ourselves or new lives so so you're kind of looking at like the morality that test. to me tells yeah. you the yeah, everything you need to know because that's what i appreciate yeah. so i would say the of offspring man. and iborg are two other tng episodes Still that hit TNG. that really well um i would tng is what i would recommend as the jumping in point. especially yeah um it's got a great of cast evil. Um, Skin of Evil is the episode I would recommend, I guess, because it has evil? yeah, it's it's the end of season one of TNG. With so you're kind of just like right? yeah, it's it's with a character named Tasha Yar who has been in the season all the way up to that point. It's it's her final episode. I won't spoil why, obviously, but dun, dun, uh, dun. it has a lot of action, Denise a lot Crosby. of really good special effects, um, and also kind of I think gives you a taste of what the show is like uh, episodically. Uh, it's not as heavy into the morality tale aspect because I think getting to know the characters help you appreciate those more. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I'd say Skin of Evil, I guess. I think the, the special effects in Skin of Evil are terrible. Oh, see, I think they're great. They're <laughs> very much, uh, they're all practical. Um, and it's like a oil yeah. monster, essentially. But then again, the episode that I like takes place in a fucking boardroom and there's no action whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. It's all talking. Um, the Offspring is also a one that I think is really good morality tale-wise. That's when uh, Borg wants to have a kid and the kid like, or Borg, Borg? Uh, Data wants to have a kid. Data, yeah. And, um, you know, like the kid's going to decide what gender it's going to be. And like, there's a lot of like, you know, interesting question it's like an android kid that goes to school i watched this one recently actually and like it it, because it's a kid even though it looks like a full-grown adult it goes to the school kind of like jack and then yeah yeah she asked data you know why do the kids laugh at me it's like oh they laugh because you're different and then the android says i do not wish to be different and it's like it's kind of sad you know yeah. like kids feel like that you he's know? in a mirror putting lipstick little do on. they know that being different is what she, makes you <laughs> she decides Aww, to be a sheep that's great but that's what Star Trek is what makes you different is what makes you special and what people should appreciate about you is what your differences are to them yeah and I think that's what's great and that's where we can learn from each other and morality tales yeah I mean I think like it's so people simple. who watch Star Trek can have a pretty good moral compass you would hope so I don't I mean I don't see Star Trek fans bullying people off of Twitter and Instagram well they could. They're totally they do. Because like, here's the thing, too, with the Star Trek fan base, especially the TV show, there is a gatekeeping thing that happens. Absolutely. 110%. And I think that sucks. I think they are they are probably the most, uh, next to like D&D folks, the, yeah. the worst at gatekeeping. Because if you were to sit down and what would Captain Picard say if you met somebody who only watched the Abrams movies and like, I like Star Trek now. And you say, oh, you're not a real fan. Yeah. They're that, very much it. You're not a real fan unless you can name like every deck and yeah. like, what happens in each hollow suite. You are not behaving in the spirit of Star Trek if you try to deny them access to more. You should encourage them to foster this interest and say, if you like this, there's something even better around the corner. And you have 700 episodes of more stuff to enjoy, right? 
I hate the gatekeeping in the community. It's so. it's pretty bad, yeah. Oh, and terrible. I would say like Discovery had a lot of backlash when it started. And like I'm not a huge fan of the show to be honest. Um, I backlashed on it too, but I didn't, yeah. you know, tell people not to watch it. It just wasn't for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always a small minority that gives the uh, communities a bad look. But there were a lot Sounds of backlash like- to. Yeah, so very similar to like Kelly Tran being uh, bullied, bullied off, bullied Twitter. off of Twitter. You know, Come like there's a lot of the same stuff, and we we see that in every community. I mean, um, Ruby Rose was just cast as Batwoman. She has been bullied off of Twitter already. Come on, guys. You know, like there's a lot of toxicity in in every fandom, unfortunately. And that's really tragic. But I like to hope that at least the morals and meanings and the messages of Star Trek can reach that fan base and make people try to just be excellent to each other. Well, let's wrap up this segment, the films and the TV show, by looking to the future. And let me ask you this, guys. What do you want out of Discovery Season 2? What do you want out of Patrick Stewart's new show? What do you think will ever happen with the Tarantino movie, quote-unquote? Yeah, what is I don't going think on that's there? coming. I mean, you've got Simon Pegg who says, oh, you know, I think this, I think that. I really, truly don't believe he even has a, a clue about what Tarantino's movie is going to be about or what it's doing. And then... What do you think's in jeopardy with Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth walking away? That's true. It's true. We should really look at the future. Do you want me to hop in here first on this? Yeah, why don't you tackle it first, Mike? All right. So right now, looking at the future, let's start with Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth. Um, we don't know where that's going. Uh, also, Tarantino, it, he's not confirmed to direct anything. He yeah, just says it's he like, wants is to. that the same it film? Now, is it not? Yeah, exactly. Because if you remember when these rumors first started or when he first said that, it was he would only do it if he could get Patrick Stewart back. Now Patrick Stewart is back, but on this TV show. That's not so a Tarantino is movie. That it? Yeah, I, good. I would true. hate for those things to converge. Yeah. You know, and we, all right, so let, let me start with Patrick Stewart because that's the big news. Where does he go? He was happy on his vineyard, right? I mean,. What do you do? What brings him back? The only thing that I can think that would bring him back would be the Borg threat, Locutius, maybe another queen, because the reason I hate the queen is because it takes away the idea that you can't chop off the head. There's no first vampire that if you kill that, all the other shit dies, right? right? No, it's a hive mind. The Borg was scary because you could never stop it. You kill one, there's just 500 million. One also like, it was scary because it was taking away originality and free will. And then and it here's just, the head, the queen, the original personality. The thought you know. of it, right? Yeah. So if the idea is that there are maybe more than one of her and they just control segments of the board. That would be pretty interesting. So if there's another queen, even the same actress, like, wow, there's more than one queen, then it at least expands on the Borg as being a hive mind. They're just a couple, like, central processing Yeah, they're the units. routers, almost, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Then it makes sense. If there was yeah. one fucking queen, that's terrible. So that's how you get Picard out of retirement. I don't know. I say it was the holodeck the whole time, the finale. <laughs> oh, God. Don't, that's Enterprise. The yeah. finale oh, of Enterprise shit. is just Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sithis. It's, um... Riker. It's William Riker being stressed out at work. And wanting to watch the final, what was the last mission of the first Earth ship? And he just watches it on the holodeck. Oh, that's really with, good. That's uh, like the Dallas. Him and Deanna's yeah. Troy. It's one of the worst, but they got canceled, you know. Cool. Hmm. So that sucks. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, man. Scott Bakula deserves better. Uh, that, so, I don't know that he does. <laughs> I want Picard. I, I, I think they shouldn't do it. I, I'm happy to You're see him. You're skeptical about this series. I'm skeptical about a lot of things. Mike, TNG, or Joe, skeptical about, about TNG's yeah, tell me about future? Picard. What do you think is going to happen? No, I want... The, the Picard thing is the only thing I'm looking forward to. Oh, damn. Um, so let me... Because we said I don't goodbye hate, to that. I don't hate Discovery. I don't, I don't hate it. But it doesn't feel like Star Trek to me. The fact that they went backwards is just so uninteresting. We've seen this already. Uh, now we're going to get, what, a third explanation as to why Klingons look different in of each course. series we've yeah. seen them in. Don't reduce, expand. Um, exactly. And it's like... 
That's right. Why go backwards when there's so much ahead? And I think what TNG did that was so great was instead of setting it right after or congruently with the original series, they were like, boom, 100 years forward. I would like it if Discovery Season 2 was just like, uh, okay, we went through a time gap and now all of a sudden we're in the 24th century instead of the 22nd century. Oh, I mean, like, that's what I would like more than anything. TOS, they say in the opening, our five-year mission. And TNG, our ongoing mission. We don't have an end date. We have no. fam- never end. We have families on board now. We yeah. have kids. So yeah, Joe said it perfectly. We're exploring more. And when you have a ship called the Discovery that is not exploring new things, <laughs> that's terrible. We want to see new ideas. I know they're trying to lean into the nostalgia, like before Kirk, all this will tie into Kirk. Like yeah. I don't. Care and they've that announced much. now a piece of news that we haven't talked about. Um, we are going to see Spock in season two, which also I don't like. No, no. see, like I don't care for any of that. And as, as a fan, not of the original series, because she's but as the TNG. child of Spock's. She was father? raised by Spock's father. Yeah, sure. Whatever. No, yeah. I'm just not interested in that in that direction. She's um, got a great name though. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm bumped. Yeah. So that's there. So then we're looking at what could the future be with, uh, you know... The Kelvin universe. The Kelvin universe. Which I, is, you know, for, for normies, that is what they call the J.J. Abrams verse. Honestly, the, I the think Kelvin it's in the timeline. safest hands it has the been because USS I love Star Kelvin. Trek Beyond. Simon Pegg is, is a, a true fan. Look, guys... He's competent enough, but he throws a lot of Easter eggs. I'm right there with you. You know, Quentin Tarantino... Whoa, why are you edging into this? Yeah. Okay, uh, everybody else is in jeopardy. Oh, hold on. You've got the one guy who is stable in this universe, Simon Pegg. Let him yeah. direct the next one. That Let him write the next one again. You know, stop interfering yeah, like, with it. He knows what it needs. Also, like, Star Trek's an advanced timeline, man. Like, I don't need close-ups of feet and, and fucks <laughs> and, and, and guns flying. Well, if I hear the N-word in Star Trek, I'm going to <laughs> yeah, lose like, my mind. Someone's going to call a Klingon the N-word, and I'm going to lose it. Well, the Andorians God. always called humans pink skin oh uh, this pink uh, well, skin. Them pinkies. so they'll, they'll put yeah. shit like this so th- it opens with them sitting at a table a dialogue <laughs> scene spinning around uh, <laughs> yeah mr andalodian mr pinky yeah. mr pink skin yeah, yeah mr uh yeah i great. mean like that's just not um what i want to see in star trek no hey, you know me neither but I, i'm intrigued by what he would freaking do i'm sure it would be a lot of snappy dialogue yeah sure i mean i'd watch it don't get me wrong i could but see like, a very good negotiation with klingons romulans and humans all sitting at the same table and like the the passive aggressiveness going around that would be a tarantino strength but i really don't want yeah. well, supposedly he wants to base it on the classic episode city on the edge of tomorrow which is a time travel based one i believe right so yeah exactly I love how principles. we've talked so much about it, like it's a smart series. It's for smart people. <laughs> like <laughs> it's dumb stuff. There's like 15 fucking episodes yeah. where Data's playing Sherlock Holmes in a video game universe. <laughs> what if Data was a cowboy? Awesome. <laughs> what if Data was yeah. in Shakespeare? Boy. Hey, hey what if it was a film noir this that. week? I mean, basically, it was like, what sets do we have left over from other stuff, and sure. how are we going to make it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyone? But I think that's important in a show that's so on the same five rooms. You know, like it it freshens up the season to yeah. have these departures you and don't feel claustrophobic. I would like yeah. to see a continuation of the the 24th century. Give me fucking Nog as a captain um, or Nog as an admiral and a young Trill captain <laughs> or like, you know, um, show me more with like Bajorans joining uh, the Federation. Like, like, let's go back to some of 
that. And honestly, I think you'd be better at capturing nostalgia by doing TNG era stuff. Exactly. Joe, this is the best time. You just lost both of your past captains. Okay, so who's about to take over that role? Whoever you're casting as young Jean-Luc Picard, baby. Tom Hardy Bring already did that it. to the... Oh, come on. <laughs> Bring that to the film universe. I don't want a young Jean-Luc. I can't. I wouldn't mind It's it. like a young Solo. I don't... It's ooh, got so ooh, much to mind. I don't need that. Young Solo. I don't need any of the... I don't need Jean-Luc. any of the old characters. Uh, here's a hot take. I don't even I don't care Picard. about any of the other characters. I want to care about new characters. Yes. Yes. But for these film series, for the continued J.J. Abrams experience, they're going to keep mining the past. Well, Picard yeah. is like... Let them mine the future past. Yeah, Picard... Well, Picard's, you know... A hundred years in the future from where we are in this oh, timeline. So I mean, if anything, I would like to see the cast of either Deep Space Nine or T- TNG show up because they go through a spatial anomaly and they end up in the 24th century. There's so many yeah. ways you could just write it. Yeah. 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 Get Discovery the fuck out of that timeline. Yeah, it really, it really bothers because me. Because we already had an entire show set before. Kirk that was Enterprise. Fox. That was Enterprise. Yeah. That was Scott Bakula. Why are you doing it again? We've already been there. So I want to go forward. And speaking going forward... We've been playing, honestly, Star Trek Online. Me and Joe dabbled our toes in. That is actually, some of that is canon. And, and it's it the best storyline. it is the only line. stuff happening post-Deep Space Nine. So. With the original voice actor, or know. actors all playing the voices of so the characters. So if you're talking going forward, that's the only place that is in the current yeah. media. Well, I say let's jump to that thing, guys. Let's talk the video games of the Star Trek universe. Yeah, why not? All right, full warp power. Engage. Okay, we are here now. We are in the video game sector, talking about the Star Trek video games. And honestly, I have not played or heard about 90% of these games here. We're looking at, you know, we have games from the motion picture in 1979 on a microvision. We have Atari games. We have Nintendo Entertainment games, Game Boy games, Super Nintendo. There's tie-in games to the J.J. Abrams verse, all kinds of stuff. I have not played any of these. Well, I'll go first, guys. Colin here, uh, I'll tell you the one that I got to play. It was the uh, Star Trek Starfleet Academy Starship Bridge Simulator for the Super Honestly, Nintendo that one Entertainment System. The most promising in a weird way. I'll be honest with you guys; it's uh, it's on the uh, Mega Drive too. You know the old Sega as well. I played it on my Pi again. Sorry, I keep fucking talking about that. Yeah, Raspberry Pi, get it, guys? <laughs> hey, yeah, highly recommend. Um, Replicate one, and it's Borg Life, uh, and it, it it's it's great. It's the problem with it, you know, graphically it's super cool. It gives you that great first person, per, first person drive. You are the Enterprise, uh, and I mean, you go through it all very slowly. It's the very simple graphics, you know, where everything's kind of motion controlled around you. It gives you that great blur. Um, it sucks in that there is nothing for me to hold on to in the sense of I am in a speeder on Hoth. I am about to cable a walker and lose my mind. When I play those old games, you know, there's a million of those simulators where it's the exact same graphics. You know, you're getting that uh, 32-bit, again, first-person perspective of piloting these simulators. 
you know, you're on the Falcon and you're in the trench, dude. I mean, fucking come on. You're going up against Klingon warbirds. And, you know, even the idea that I know what that is just comes from this video right, game. Right, of right. seeing the cool, distinct designs. It's neat to see the ships. But it's I just. I think the... it's a bird of prey and it's a Romulan warbird. Oh, I'm warbird. sorry. Romulan oh, there warbird. you go. Klingon I apologize. But that's one of those things. But, Why are they bird you know, birds? But think about it. You only get the black vacuum of space as your background i'm not right. on the snow planet hoth i you know i'm not getting any adventure in that sense i'm just going around going like okay okay turn turn oh hold on there's the warbird okay fire photons <laughs> okay photons didn't photon work. okay fire lasers okay lasers didn't work okay it blew up move on to the next one i mean yeah where's the excitement on that so not very cool uh obviously there are more flight simulators that seems like a cool path these games took uh great it seems like you would ones. expect the most out of yeah. Star Trek to get uh, yeah. flight simulators. Well, let's think about why would you want a Star Trek game? Why would you want to play one, right? I think we're watching the show, and you know, I, I think you, we all think we want to be the captain, but I just always thought it would be fun to just be <laughs> existing in that world. Like, what would I do? Would I be well, an engineer? Well, even worse, Mike, you're the captain. So it's just you, you're sitting there watching, and then you say, oh, hail the ship. Yeah, and then a text screen comes up, and you say, "Okay, so I'm gonna type out my message. Okay, let's see what they respond with. It's all diplomacy. Yeah, it's, it's space not very exploration. En- what would it be? It's not a very engaging game, right? Um, I'm not sure what these other ones were. I'm assuming they. Try- I know they made one a tie-in for the J.J. Abrams movies, where it was just like a third-person action game. You going around shooting your phasers, blasting, oh, like punching. Hmm. What's that one called? I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah, that there it was, was like you're that. shooting phasers. It hmm. was. Um, 2009 maybe that's the star trek that was the first movie it's yeah 2009 but um it was a third person shooting phasers and stuff i remember that's the first time they mentioned that the gorn would be in the abrams verse they of were course. in the video game um which scott bacula fights a gorn um before kirk does so you know <laughs> Been there. over kirk yeah, bacula did it first um Anyway, I, I, you know, we, let's get to it. Me and Joe, we have actually played um, Star Trek Online. You introduced me to this, said it was free to play. It's still free to play. Yeah. Um, kind of the biggest, kind of the latest. Came out in 2016. This is sort of the most recent activity for a Star Trek game. And as we game. said in the previous segment, it's taking the storyline forward, which nothing else is. Yeah, wow. it's in the 24th century. So you're following. Um, it's it's after Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Yeah, so you're following the Dominion War. For those of you that are fans, that means a thing. Um, so it's at the end of Deep Space Nine. You're kind of picking up right there. And nothing else in the Star Trek media, barring comics and novels, nothing on TV is really taking you to that place. So this is the only place to get it. Yeah. And I mean, one of the cool things is, you know, it's a, it's a massive online multiplayer MMO game. Yep. Um, you're designing your own character. You're naming your own ship. I mean, you you start and you graduate from Starfleet Academy. The very first mission is you graduate from Starfleet Academy. So you can pick your job. Do you want to be a science officer? Do you want to be a tactical officer? Do you want to be an engineer? Things like that. And Colin, so. that determines what color your shirt is, basically. Okay, I want a red shirt. Yeah, you're, so you're you would be tactical. tactical. Oh, great. I'm that, a tactical yeah. officer as well. I am an engineer. So, so he's a yellow shirt. I'm a yellow shirt. Yeah, I like the gold shirts. So then, Joe, let me ask you, what is your... Blue is science. Blue is science, yeah. yeah. So Spock is a, the science officer. That's why mm-hmm. he wears blue. And the red shirts are all tactical. That's why they get beamed down and die. Because mm-hmm. oh, they're God. like they're the muscle, right? That's right. That's well, it, it's switched, shirt. too. I it mean, switches. In the original series, and you, you get this in Troubles and Tribulations, uh, yellow shirts were... You know, like C. Captain C and, and like leading officers, commanding officers, which is yeah. why Kirk wears yellow. 
but Picard wears red. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, exactly. So, and then yellow becomes like engineering, engineering to be more like a, yeah, a, a trade. Um, so what was your race then? So you're a tactical officer and yeah, I'm a tactical officer trill, a trill. Uh, wow. You can, choose why the that? trill? Very what do you specific. like about the trill? I, I like the trill because first of all, every, every character I create is, is an old man with gray hair. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I like the idea that the trill have multiple lifetimes. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're pulling on the experience of past lives, which I always think is pretty I think that's a trusted tactical officer. I would definitely hire a trill. Right. Sure. And it just took you this lifetime to decide to go to the Academy. Exactly. Well, and you get, um, <laughs> no, cause you were doing a bunch of other shit. I think that's great. And uh, you get, uh, you get to write your own bio for how you joined up with Starfleet and stuff. So I was, a uh, smuggling on the edge of the galaxy and got involved in the Dominion Wars to decided I, to help out. Deep Space Nine. Uh, yeah. God damn. So Comus Diz Jasta is, is Comus uh, Diz Jasta. Yeah. That's great. Um, if I may go, I was a engineer, right? Engineering, yellow shirt, but I was an Andorian because for some reason I just like He them. loves the Andorians. I guess it's Shran, just from the Enterprise series. I just love that character. I love that performance. I love the actor. The Andorians are fun. And they have an ice planet. They're chill, you know. Um, like the Breen? They're like the Breen, but they don't have to wear masks. <laughs> yeah, the, the Breen, that mask that the Breen wear, it looks just like the mask that Leia, Leia wears, wears when yeah. she goes to... Star. Oh, very cool. And there's even an episode where Kira Norris, uh is in disguise as, as one of them and, and pulls it off, and it's like, that's fucking Leia. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, we got to talk about the ultimate connection. The Gorn original costume was Bosk, the bounty hunter. I mean, they just recycled it and reused Holy it in Star Wars shit, and Star that Trek. that was... Boss. Yeah, they just repainted him. They put different him. eyes on Yeah, they just found him. My whole perception has just been opened up. Yeah, I mean, think about how weird sci-fi is. Well, well no, and the William Shatner mask is the uh, Halloween mask for Michael yeah, Myers. That's a William yeah, Shatner mask. Dumb, that's weird true. pop culture. Yeah. Fun notes there. And there, there's a ton of props that get recycled, too. So let's not forget about that. But um, Yeah, fun, fun little note. The transporter pads that were on the ceiling of uh, TNG were on the floor of TOS. Wow. And they just... Yeah, they literally just flipped it. Hey, you know, it's all about saving budget. It's a TV show after all, but... Yeah. In the game... All right, so you're an Andorian. I'm an Andorian. I graduate the the thing here. What's your name? My name... Oh, that's right. So my name is Captain Tecate. There's an apostrophe after the T. Oh, so you're living bold. So I'm Coors Tecate living bold on the USS Banquet. Yeah. Uh, So Did you get to name that guy? Yeah, I named that guy. Oh, very cool. Coors Tecate. No, but I mean the banquet. Yeah, my ship is wow. called the the banquet. Yeah, uh, USS Falcon. Oh, very. Oh, cool. Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So uh, I'm out there. I did the first couple of missions, and honestly, I think this is a terrible game. <laughs> oh God! <cut laughs> I'm playing on console, though. I mean, you're playing on PC. The controls to me seem terrible. It seems like a lackluster third person shooter. Now, can we talk? Is it empty? Are people still playing this bad boy? I see a lot of ships, but I'm I'm still in the early stages. So I, I yeah, I'm very early stages. I, I have haven't not interacted, interacted with anyone else. No, I see their ships, and it's cool to be outside of a space station and see all these ships with like Dope Master Four Twenty on them. Yeah, you know, like oh, this is somebody owns this, and it's way bigger than my ship. And I'm like, whoa, that's kind of cool. Um, you know, so luckily. For me, the ship that I like is from the Enterprise series, which is a very old and terrible ship. So I was able to get it very early. Mm. So I was able to fulfill my dream of having the NX-01 Scott Bakula ship mm. without having to play for a long time. So I'm pretty much done now. That's hilarious. No, yeah. I, I, I really, I know I introduced it to you to it. Um, I ran into a bug for some reason in the first episode. Uh, or Well, they are kind of 
framed like episodes, which I think is fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're attacked by Klingons, and you got to fight some Klingons, third-person shooter. You're firing a phaser rifle at them. And for some reason, the game just glitched where, like, the door I needed to open just didn't open. So it was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm done playing for now. And I had to boot it back up, like, the next time I played. And, of course, the door just opened right up then. Uh, so I've only done the first, like, two or three missions. You fight the Borg right after that. Um, yeah. But you meet Captain Nog, who was a lieutenant by the end of Deep Space Nine, the who is first Quark's Ferengi. nephew. The first oh, Ferengi cool. to join the Federation, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. You see Captain Nog. Yeah, I just think, for me, and I was playing on console, I was playing on PS4, the controls for the shooting are bad. The tutorials are bad. The controls <laughs> for space combat is bad. It's hard to turn my ship. They don't tell me where I need to navigate. They just say, go to Vulcan. They don't say, go to the star map. Go to here. It's really hard to, like... Oh, really? See, on PC, it's all way easier. It's really hard to control. I mean, I would... I, the controls are still not great. Like, it's still kind of clunky. Like, even the space combat, like, I'm constantly, like... I can't even rotating around. I can't even invert my controls like I would for a helicopter game or something. So I, I, I'm controlling poorly and I can't shoot good. So the other thing is, as an engineer, a lot of my missions are reroute the deflector shields, which basically means Click run here. somewhere and wait for a bar to fill up a meter, Doop. and then uh, unlock. Oh, the, you need it over here. Hack the door. Doop. Wait for a bar. So the whole game to me is just waiting for bars to fill up, and uh, I don't know. Oh no! See, as a tactical officer, really I'm, I'm running up and I'm fighting people. And well, I was shooting too. That means but, using yeah. phasers, Joe, or do they have some sort of baton in the future? No, it's uh, phasers, phaser rifles, and like punching. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I have the access to that too. But when I'm doing my engineering stuff, it's just waiting for a bar to fill up, and then I'm shooting until I can get next to the thing that I need to wait for the bar to fill uh, up. Oh, see, tactical is like you make the decision of where you're going to fly the ship, where you're going to do this kind of stuff. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I mean, I think the real reason to play the game. Oh, and it's it's worth noting you're playing on console. Console yeah. gets new content for the uh, game two months after PC. Um, so it's PC first. Right. Um, and a lot of like PC the coolest friendly. things of the game are like, like there are certain ships that like you have to pay for, like you just got to buy the ship, yeah, it, right. which is kind of disappointing, but also I get it, you know, I mean, it's free to play. I'll admit I paid $5 to buy the NX-01. Oh, so you already paid for stuff. Wow. I just wanted to do that and then I knew I was out. So, you know, you're done. You've paid everything you're going to pay. I, I tried to play it last night and it crashed. Like, it wouldn't load my oh shit. Yeah, it, there's a lot of, like, it's buggy for sure. And, you know, like I said, Very I'm playing buggy. it on the PC. I want to play with a controller. I, think I couldn't a imagine playing space this game anomaly with a affecting the game itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I felt like because I kept walking away from my spawn point and then it would jump me back. And I'm like, if this was Star Trek, they'd be like, why is this happening? Yeah, wait, we're caught in a time loop. <laughs> but it's really just a bad game. Yeah. It really sounds like the niche uh, for the fact that it continues the storyline of Star Trek is the reason to play this game. Oh, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. I think the right. story is the real reason you'd want to check it out because you're getting to see stuff like Nog and like LeVar Burton voices, Ooh. Journey of the Forge, like all like you know, Leonard Nimoy is there oh, no. as Spock. Yeah, because then the new, what the season they're on now is season 15 of the game. Victory uh, is Life, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And it's it's yeah. taking place with Kira Norris and, and Odo and the Dominion Wars and all of that. Um, you could pay for like 
TOS bridge. Like you could join the Federation in the original series. You could be in the Klingon Empire. I mean, there's a, like you can do almost anything. But it's really just s- all going to play very poorly and feel like shitty controls. Yeah. yeah, but it seems like in all these games that Star Trek just as a property is not being adapted very well as a video Here's game. Here's the problem. Just adapted well since like Star Trek chess. Right? If you would, if you would do it right, right? It would what cost, would it be? It would cost so much money because you would want space combat. You would want ground combat. You would want diplomacy. And to pay for all that, it needs to be a blockbuster game. Well, and think about be, what a disappointment like No Man's Sky was. It needs to be No Man's Sky in that you're flying around, computer generated, but you need to have contact with other people. You need scanning. And then when you go on the ground, you need combat. good combat. Yeah. Um, the diplomacy dialogue trees of like something like a Bethesda game, perhaps. Yeah, because I mean, that's another highlight of, I would say, like, you know, you get to make decisions and like... Star Trek is so much talking. You know, it's not Star Wars. It's not lightsaber battles. It's it's a lot of diplomacy. And that's kind of what bummed me out is the whole game is I'm either shooting or flying. And that, to me, is not what I do in Star Trek, even when I watch it. Yeah. It's about solving problems, little <laughs> mysteries. Yeah, right? I mean, No Man's Sky made by Bethesda is what you would really Here's look what I'll for pitch in a Star then. Trek game. I'm not stoked on this game. I don't recommend it, even. I recommend it for an hour to build a ship, build a character. And it's free. Yeah, so like, and it's free. <laughs> you literally have an hour to kill and you just finished one of the series. You know what? I like Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. you say yeah, that to yourself. Well, and that's exactly like I finished Deep Space Nine and I was like, oh man, I'm fucking high on Star Trek right now. Oh, there's a free game. I'm going to download it right now. Oh, I'm a trill. Look, I'm going to write up my bio. That was it. It was fun. Yeah. you know, 20 I, minutes. I like Andorians. I wanted to be in engineering. Let me try it out. You know, play for an hour or so. It's fine. Yeah. And um, like maybe I'll go back to it, you know. I you know it's dip, free. Dip my toe in, oh, fly the ship not. around. Probably not. Yeah, just don't expect too much. But it is free, so don't do that. And if you happen to live near a time anomaly and you can get that time back, <laughs> I recommend you even more to try it because you have literally nothing to lose. Um, let me pitch then. Here's what I think would be the perfect space for a Star Trek game. No pun intended. Space. Um, I think Telltale could do a really good one. Oh, it's yeah. about the consequences really? of your choices. Mm-hmm. Mike, just to keep it the ball rolling, you know, conversation-wise, I think something VR. You know, I think they you do need have to that, be on the helm. Yeah. Okay, you, so there's you a have VR a, experience. a machine capable of it. Yeah, you can do that. No, so you know about that game that exists, right? No, I do not. It's called um, Star Trek Command, I believe. Yeah, it's a cool. VR game, and everybody with a VR headset can be the captain, the science officer, helm, all those positions you see on the bridge. Everyone with a VR. I think it's up to four players. I Don't think so. Me. It's Don't on the me. Steam store as well. Well, and you were saying off mic, the Bridge Vegas Command, experience. What it was you know, well, things like that. Star you Trek know, experience. Where oh. you're in the role, that's what I'm talking about. I need a perspective of being in the role of being in Star Trek. I think that's the only way it succeeds. You know, you guys are talking console, something very interesting like that. I don't know. Isn't that just going to be... In my mind, it's going to end up looking like StarCraft, you know, where it's just something like, like that. little uh, battling monsters or like a where, mobile game or something. I don't know. That's probably where the VR could be at that entry point because you have the headset, yeah. yep. you can, you're working at your station, clicking the console because VR is a big problem. Wait a minute, is, up goes Yeah, faster. but am I trying to like click and clack on a video game? I mean... If you want to be Star Trek, some people do. You yeah, want to be see, on the bridge. I don't think Star Trek is necessary built for video games they're morality tales set in space i don't know if that really doesn't translates well like oh, like star Jesus. wars i can fucking lightsaber battle great yeah. i can shoot and fly ships like star trek even the ship battles are not like even in the original series you don't even see them the defiant class the uss defiant is is my favorite star trek ship That's your favorite ship okay. um, it's just like a little i mean almost like a dash randar's outrider like a little badass warship, warship. yeah it's pretty cool um, that's deep space nine 
um, maybe flying that around. But yeah. still, that's not a full Star Trek experience. That's a space combat simulator. Star Trek is not space yeah, combat. Just going, no. Yahoo! No. So I don't know if they've done it. I mean, right. I would say role playing a role playing game is really your best bet for a, a Star Trek experience. Well, it's that's almost like real. a mystery night where you're in the roles of like, okay, and one of us is going to be the captain who is is giving the monologues or something. You you need to really capture the experience of the community that is Star Trek. That's yeah. true. So an online game is a right place to attempt for that, but just the way it's been executed, it's not doing it. Can we talk about how? In the Star Trek universe, holodecks are essentially video games, and it's the the best version of video games here, here, out there. Here's a question God, that I, I have about the holodecks as well: is why doesn't everybody live on a holodeck? <laughs> why would you ever leave like, a holodeck? Why, no, why do you have a room? Yeah, if you can have a holodeck quarters that is you live expensive? in, you could just have a comfier bed holodecked in. Like, I mean, it's expensive in it's that like intensive. On, yeah, yeah, like on Deep Space Nine, you know, Quark owns the hollow suites and he charges for them whoa oh i know it's the video game section but we didn't talk about it before and i have to bring it up since we're talking about holodecks um in deep space nine in the last two seasons they introduce a hologram character named vic fontaine who is a lounge singer in 40s vegas yeah and all of a sudden, it just becomes the Vic Fontaine show. There's like 15 fucking episodes that are all about him. Like he oh, teaches, I really don't like that. he teaches Nog how to get over losing a leg in the war, and just being like, "Hey, man, like I'm gonna tell you how it is. Like I'm fucking Frank Sinatra in the 40s. I'm an algorithm boy." Yeah, I just think it's so bizarre that like they introduce him in the last. I think it's just the last season, maybe the last two seasons. But then he's all of a sudden like it's the Vic Fontaine show because Bashir likes hanging out in the lounge. Yeah, right? and he becomes everybody's favorite character. And I'm like, I'm not kidding. There's like 15 fucking episodes where he's the main character. And he yeah. becomes like self aware in a way too. Like he knows- he's self aware from the get go. Uh-huh. He is a, a hologram who knows he's a hologram. Which for me, like that was interesting in T- TNG. You know, with the Moriarty, they make Moriarty, who's the villain for. Sherlock Holmes, they say, create a villain who's tougher than for Data because Data is so smart. And Moriarty becomes self-aware. And that's like an interesting what if a hologram knew that it was a hologram, blah, blah, blah. But then Deep Space Nine, it's like, he just does it. Yeah, he's like, hey, I'm a hologram, buddy. I'm a hologram, I'm a hologram. But they leave it running 24-7 and he like lives his life. <laughs> Which, come on. If you like, turn it off, I'll die. The Bajorans yeah. are paying their taxes to pay for the energy on the fucking station, and you're using their taxpayer dollars to let Vic Fontaine fucking like wow. go to the fucking dunes and yeah. just like hang out. I don't think they'd approve of that it is, spending. I, I mean, I know this is like a weird tangent to get on, but yeah. like the fact that Vic Fontaine becomes the main character in Deep Space Nine blew my mind. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. And then there's a great episode where Captain Sisko, who is a, a black man, uh, hates the idea. Like, he hates that people are going to it and enjoying it. And his uh, his girlfriend, Cassidy Yates, at one point is just like, you know, why do you hate it? And he's like, why do I hate it? You know, in the real Vegas 40s, people like us were not allowed there. <laughs> like, you know, he takes it as kind of like an offense that it's like just kind of ignoring like the struggles A that like, black people went through. But it's awesome that Star Trek points the finger at that. Yeah. They really underline it. Like that's, that's the strength of the show is underlining these things, you know. Um, 
And maybe it's comical that, you know, this Vegas character becomes a headliner. And speaking of comical things, maybe we should go to the comical universe. Because I think as far as video games are concerned, we have said our piece. I don't think there's been anything that captures it. Maybe it can't be captured. And if it did, maybe in a VR theme park where you can walk around the bridge. Yeah, I think that truly is the only one. I know that sounds extravagant, but it's like... With fake walls. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Otherwise, just the way you experience a Star Trek video game is to internalize the show well and we do have something like that for star wars now at uh disneyland there is a vr experience where you're a part of the rebellion on the ground and it's you know you're wearing a vr headset and there's air blowing at you and you have a gun you know maybe something like that for star trek sure maybe there's a way to do that but at home not much but check out the old star trek online give it a free try and other than that you know keep watching and let us know if we're wrong i mean if you if you try it out and you disagree you know feel free to reach out to us tell us what we're what we're getting wrong here pretty sure our opinions are the only ones that matter right (laughs) no let us know um because if there is a good game i would like to check it out because i love star trek so yeah you're right let us know hit us up on twitter and instagram meanwhile we will be going to the comics and novels there's been quite a few Engage. normies we are here once again going boldly where no normies have gone before now we're going to talk about the true niche the deepest niches maybe you can niche in the star trek universe that's really the novels and the comics you know it started as a tv show by the universe as many things do get expanded upon in the printed medium uh joe you mentioned you did a little bit of research on this stuff uh earlier this week preparing for the show what can you tell us about that yeah so star trek comics have been passed around more than any other uh property i think like they have been a part of every single comic book universe we're talking like gold key comics marvel dc idw every single one of them i mean wow. there's even a star trek manga really Ooh, very cool oh, uh, wow. um yeah that was like in 2004 um but that's like jumping ahead i mean they they've been making comics since the original series uh since 1967 with gold key comics um and, you know, basically they've never stopped. We've seen every single version of the cast featured in comics except one. Do you know what the one that never got a comic appearance is? The one version of Star Trek that never... I'm going to say Scott Bakula. Correct. Uh, we have never seen the Enterprise universe They never in stopped. Comics. They hit everybody. They couldn't do Enterprise. Well, that's the only series that got canceled besides the original Kirk Shatner universe, yeah. so maybe that makes sense. Well, no. I, amongst the fans, it's universally the least liked, but it's got a soft spot for me because I like Scott Bakula. He brought his dog aboard, and they mention, you know, Archer's beagle in the J.J. Abrams movie that Scotty accidentally beamed it into oblivion, which is a little oh, bit dark, God. but that you meet that beagle in that series. But yeah, so it makes sense that's not a comic, but everything else has really been uh, kind of dug into. Huh? Oh, yeah, we've seen... Um you know, the original cast, we've seen Deep Space Nine, we've seen TNG, and TNG comics are still going today. There is uh, a series that's been going on for the last six or seven months um, called Broken Mirror, 
which is all about the mirror universe versions of Picard and Riker and how violent and gritty they are. And like Wesley Crusher is like a psychotic, like madman in that universe. Picard has really long hair. Yeah, he's like everybody has their sleeves ripped off because oh, that's God. how you know they're and like big buff beard, and bad. Right? Yeah, and he's got a big beard. Um, and the way that that series is playing out now is that I believe it's Barkley is from the mirror universe has come over to the regular universe and is out to like sabotage oh them. my god barkley so um and like barkley is a a fan favorite <laughs> is. Is he's he? like a, a neurotic anxious like character he's who, a worry wart he's a worry wart is a way to put it and he you know he has some interesting arcs in the show, but it's funny that they have a mirror because he's such like he's basically like the frail, scared rabbit, right? Yeah. And now he's you know the, the mirror universe, mirror version. universe now he's spy version who's gonna like come and, and fuck people up. You know, he's a yeah, snake, yeah, and he's gonna use his uh, people's perception of the old him, right? That's pretty cool. Um, any other things um, that were pretty notable that you saw or you check out? Um, there's a Discovery prequel series that kind of talks about some of the Klingons and right. rituals and stuff before. I think they're going to do another one of those before season two drops. Which a lot of people say Discovery changed the Klingons. But it, to me, it looks like it kind of expanded on them. Like, I don't really well, have a problem physically with physically the look, though. Don't you agree? Yeah. It's the third fucking version. Oh, Mike, off po- you told me you were going to explain this to me. In- oh, yes. Uh, my version of Star Trek, TNG and Deep Space Nine, yeah. Klingons look a certain way, right? Yep. Uh, they Trouble and tribulations, they go back, and we see that Klingons did not always look like that, and Worf's literally like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You said there is an explanation. What is that? So, um, to know, basically, it's from Enterprise. It's from the Scott Bakula universe. Um, and there were Klingons that were doing genetic experiments similar to like, the eugenics of the humans, and it created, I believe, um, a... a, a disease where all the Klingons were going to die who were being experimented on something like that and then the cure caused them to lose their ridges so what kept them alive was the cure to this Klingon disease and so those are still Klingons and that's why the ones they meet in the original series don't have the ridges but I think those experiments were really looked down upon by the council that's why Worf says he does not want to talk about it interesting (laughs) okay Um, and if I'm slightly off base it's been a, a couple of years since i've seen enterprise let me know normies and we'll correct the record but it's something like that where they, where they were trying to cure this disease and the side effect of the medicine was losing the ridges which also you know changes their kind of social standing and Klingon society interesting see i did not know that um another recommendation for the comics i have idw in 2006 through like 2008 i think they had a series called star trek aliens that just highlight a bunch of different species. Uh, there are two volumes, trade paperbacks that you can pick up where it's like, oh, here's a story about Cardassians from Cardassians' perspective or Klingons. Right. These are or... real stories. It's not just like a monster manual-esque diagram. No, it's it's like like wow. the Cardassian. God, I, every time I say it, I just want to say Kardashian. I say Kardashian. Kardashian. Kardashian, like Michael Fassbender. <laughs> yeah. Kardashian. I'm not even going to try it anymore. Fuck it. Yeah. But you see Golducat and, uh, you know, like it's kind of exploring like how they're a vicious, you know, like spy based um, people. And like there's even yeah. like a triples adventure where you get to know a little bit more about them. So, Colin, it's sort of like D&D guidebook where like you're learning more about them, but they are individual stories. Like you see Klingons and, um, you know, it's just a story about how Klingon pride, essentially. But it's pretty cool. There are two volumes, and they, cool. they're they almost every, you know, even the Gorn are featured. Nice. Yeah, Gorn's a fan favorite ever since Arena. 
Um, that's for sure. I know there's a ton of novels and stuff too that I've really never touched base on. I'm pretty never much when I look at novels. Trek to me, it's TV shows, and that's that's pretty much what it comes yeah. down to. I don't even like the movies so much. I mean, yeah, like I, the J.J. Abrams yeah. ones are fine, but like Star Trek is first and foremost a TV show. Yeah, and it it does its best work as a TV show. So I mean, do we want to go ahead and warp out here and hit to the? Uh, well, the last thing I want to hit for the comics here, yes. uh, tying into next week's episode, we'll be talking about the X Men. That's right. That's there right. is a comic that Colin actually shared a picture of and blew my mind, uh, where the X Men crossover with Star Trek. We're talking Picard um, and. Yeah, Picard Xavier? And, and Xavier. Yeah, the Easy Patrick Stewart connection. Yeah, there. well, yeah, there is very weird. Uh, yeah, so I I didn't I couldn't track down the whole thing, but I was able to like Google images and find like a couple different pages. Um, really weird stuff, like seeing Beast next to Worf, and like you know, oh. like Worf kind of thinking like, oh, could I take this guy? Like Riker and Cyclops, like it's really weird to see all these talking characters. about women problems. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gene, which she just doesn't she doesn't appreciate me. Yeah, well, well maybe because you don't. Give a shit. So. Yeah, and then you have fucking Riker off to the corner trying to, like, woo her, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll alert her, yeah. Um, but yeah, I figured, you know, worth mentioning, since we're going to be talking all about X-Men next week, uh, yeah. there is a crossover if you're a fan of both of these properties where you can get your hands on it. I've got to take a look at that before we record the next episode. Um, that's funny, too, because it's like, you know, the X-Men have a hollow deck too. Yeah, the danger room. The danger, danger room, right? Room. So they, you know, they can get along in that. I, I would love to see Worf and Beast fucking training on the hollow deck or yeah. in the danger room. You know. It's yeah. Fun. So I figured that was one last thing to mention before we do war batting. No, that's great. So let's go ahead and uh, we'll, we're at full impulse and we're ready to go to warp. So we're gonna go ahead and make it so. I will see my dream come alive and last. I will touch the sky. we have explored the television series we have dived deep into the well of video games and explored the comic universe as well. Now, it is time for final thoughts. Colin, final thoughts. It's uh, the one on the journey with the Sherpas. Any final questions you have for us? Anything that makes you curious that you want us to enlighten you on or any Have we made you a believer yet? Uh, you definitely made me want to check out Star Trek, the TV shows, as I mentioned. Um, yeah, you know... It is very overwhelming hearing you guys get so specific so fast, but you got to give it credit to the fact that it must be very open and engaging. You guys are all talking about, oh, when I saw this on Netflix, when I saw this on Netflix, this wasn't, you know, 10, 20 years ago. This was a couple years ago. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I watched this. I started TNG uh, probably a year ago. Yeah, and so I've watched talk about accessible. Wow, I mean, yeah. you can just jump right in and feel like you know a ton about this uh, material. So I think that's fun and engaging, and I would definitely like to know more, and I think I'll definitely check out more. Happy to hear it, man. I mean, it's definitely a, a fun universe, and I think you should be excited about like basically finding a whole new fandom to get involved in. Excited about the past, nervous about the future, which is definitely what it seems like you guys are going to be too. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of envy you hearing all this and being like, oh, I'm going to get into that now because you have all the best stuff to look forward to where I'm a little fearful that the best is behind us. Yeah, yeah, all good things maybe, right? Mm. Um, 
I feel like um, Star Trek, you know, maybe we should be more optimistic about the future because that's what the characters would want of us, right? Absolutely. To be optimistic towards what... But they keep heading backwards. So. They oh, keep no. heading backwards, right? Um, Star Trek is one of those things. I, I recently went to Griffith Observatory. This is yesterday. And then they had the pictures from the Hubble telescope where they just pointed it at one corner of space for 10 days and it collected all the light that it could collect. And it's just thousands of galaxies. And each of these galaxies has billions of suns, billions of planets, right? Our own galaxy alone has, you know, 150 billion stars, which means there could be 150 billion Earths, right? If that concept alone is not fascinating, that what if there are other planets like mine, like ours, where people are like, wow, what if there's something else out there? And the ability to talk to them, to exchange ideas, and the way that knowing that we're not alone would change society as a whole. Maybe we would finally stop fighting over resources and this and that. If well, only you, we knew. You'd fight with a little goateed Mike, though, in the Mirror Universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Mirror Universe, of course. <laughs> Who is, like, weirdly sexually. Like, uh, well, if that's me now, I don't know what the Mirror Universe is. <laughs> it's probably just a better version of you. It's probably just a really good... <laughs> maybe like, I'm the Mirror Universe. Yeah. You know? um, Kim over here. They have it all together. Right? They got Yeah, they got, they're paying their taxes. They yeah. got clean credit. Um <laughs> That's the mirror that universe. Joke. He's made better choices. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We're bad boys over here. We are the mirror Ew. universe. But yeah, that idea that if you look up to the stars and just imagine how pointless all of this is, and that there's something so much larger. If we encountered aliens from another planet, that would change society fundamentally, and maybe we could put our problems aside and explore that. Right. That is what's fun about it. And if you're entertained by that concept of what if there's something greater and we strive for something greater, watch. I would start with TNG, but there's so much there for you to explore. And that's what I appreciate about it. And it was really cool to coincidentally be going on a hike, hike all the way up the mountain to Griffith Park. It's like I'm on an away mission. I end up at this source of knowledge, absorb that. And then I'm thinking about recording the episode. And it's just oddly appropriate. When I was leaving my house today, somebody had a Star Trek badge on the back of their car. Maybe it's all meant to be. Maybe yeah. it's not. Guidance watching over, yeah. Guidance the out there. Whoopi Goldberg. Donated and pretty much paid a bunch for by Leonard Nimoy. Yep. So yeah. That up too. It's all connected. Yeah. So uh, if you like big ideas more than you like laser swords, which laser swords are fine, but if you like big ideas, maybe Star Trek is the type of sci-fi that would also tickle your fancy, and I recommend you try it out. Mike, your final thoughts were definitely a lot uh, heavier thematically than mine. I'm going to bring it back to the pop culture elements here. Go for it. Uh, Star Trek is so ingrained in our culture, why not check it out? Uh, It's all available on Netflix. It's all free to watch if you're paying for that account already. The game's free to play. Get involved, man. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other pop culture phenomenons that have been impacted by this, like the USS Callister episode of the Black Mirror uh, I mean, people loved that episode so much because it captured the, yeah, I mean, nominated. I mean, it captured the nostalgia of the series really well, I think. It and also captured this dark sense of the fandom. Exactly. That and could exist. The morality right? tale, you know, I mean, like that was so well done. Um, and the last one I want to hit here before we get out, you cannot talk Star Trek, in my opinion, without talking the best Star Trek movie, Galaxy Quest. Are you guys, are you, you love Galaxy Quest yeah, as much as me yeah, or I alone? Um, poor Alan Rickman. Why poor Alan Rickman? Because we miss him. We do grab Thor's hammer. I will not say that line one more time. (laughs) Um, I just want to make a couple quick notes uh, about that before we get out of here. The 
scene in the beginning where Tim Allen is in the bathroom and he hears people talking shit about him and like how he's a big loser and stuff. That scene, William Shatner told the writers to put in because it was based on his life. He was at a Star Trek convention in 1987 and in the bathroom heard people like, God, he's so pathetic. Like, I wonder if he realizes how pathetic he is. And it kind of like shook him to the core. Um, So I think it was worth like, you know, that movie like really kind of talks. I mean, it it opens and closes at a convention. It's Justin Long's first uh, movie yeah. appearance. It's definitely worth rewatching if you haven't uh, seen it in a long time. And Justin Long went on to do such classics as Jeepers Creepers. So um, yeah. that's right. You know, thank God. <laughs> I, I love Jeepers Creepers, though. No, that's actually really yeah. Galaxy Quest is great. Also, we want to mention The Orville, which is oh, Seth yeah. MacFarlane's love letter, which I haven't seen any of it, but you can speak very highly. Man, love it. I just finished it uh, two days ago. I cannot wait wait for season two so it is yeah fuck discovery you should be watching the orville so it the, is the new star trek show the best star trek show on tv is the orville 110 percent no um, but you know colin you did you watch it oh well? i watch it as well and you know again talk about accessibility as a guy who likes adult cartoons who likes the work that seth mcfarland's been doing i mean he just transitions over perfectly to a live action Star Trek ripoff. And it feels like a project that he had a lot of fun and faith adapting. And I'll tell you, it's funny. I've been, uh, I've been watching it with my girlfriend, Cassie, and she laughed really hard at a scene where they're in the hollow suite and they're wearing like old timey British colonial outfits. And she was like, yeah, that's so funny. That's the kind of shit that was in (laughs) Star Trek. Always real. I mean, you see them leaving the bar as pilots in, uh, uh, Deep Space Nine or Data as they play Sherlock baseball. Holmes. They play 1920s oh, baseball. That's one of my Deep favorite episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, the Orville, even even if you've only seen a couple episodes and, you know, sort of like, oh, I know who Worf is, like, you're gonna love the Orville. I could not recommend it any higher. That's awesome. Um, if I can just hit a couple other final thoughts on Star Trek. There has been a lot of technology that came out of this. The guy who created the first flip cell phone said he was inspired by the communicators of the original wow. series. Wow. In Star Trek TNG, they're holding tablets that have data on them. That's where we get iPads and tablets yeah. in that sense. I mean, so much technology has been inspired. So many people have FaceTime been inspired. FaceTime screens. FaceTiming, right? And that was in Demolition Man, too, let's be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so much that came from Star Trek that inspired people to do and be better. And even myself, and maybe that's me and my personal journey with Star Trek is it came to me at a time where, you know, I was on a ship by myself. I was running my own business, working for myself, freelancing, and I spent a lot of time in my house. But the idea that I can learn how to run a ship, how to behave properly, how to handle diplomacy, how to handle interpersonal relationships, whether that's on a business level or a friendship level, there's ways to learn to care about others and learn that your actions have consequence. There's so much in Star Trek that you learn oh how to be God. a better human. I would absolutely agree. By with studying that. it. Not and from that. a self help level, but you guys are really making me want to watch this. And it's yeah. not like actively self help, but just for me, that's what I took from it yeah. because you take what you do from the media you consume, whether it's a song that you like and you really connect with. Star Trek connected me with me in a way that made me want to be a better human, made me want to be a better friend, be a better partner, you know, romantically or whatever. Like made me want to be more than I am because I know what it could be like if you can overcome your difficulties there's a lot to be inspired by uh you know i mean even Jean-Luc also, Picard is a just leader, fun man. also it's fun yeah so on top of that if you think you want something that's a little bit deeper that's also engaging no pun intended please check out star trek i love it and i hope people listen to this and 
Maybe they'll watch it and take away what I did. I know Joe's enjoying it in his own way. Colin, I hope you check it out. But for I definitely me, it's will. very, very special to me. I'm glad, man. It was nice to hear all of that. You know, it's media can be transformative. You know, maybe you really like the Karate Kid. Maybe Infinity War speaks to you. Who knows? But for whatever me, it is, find out, you know, get yeah. out there and, and absorb all you can. I think the core DNA of Star Trek allows it to be something that does, and that's why people have loved it for so long, and it's why we still have movies, we still have TV shows. So that being said, I don't think it's going anywhere, and neither are we, and we're going to be back next week talking about X-Men. And meanwhile, please hit us up on the social media, Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. Tell a friend, and give us a rating review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It's how it helps support us. And uh, meanwhile, we're going to do our best to engage with you, the audience. That's right. And again, check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And if you get a chance, go ahead and uh, leave a review. That helps with our visibility so much and, uh, you know, lets us keep doing this for you. That's exactly right. In the meantime, ending this transition, transmission for myself. This is Mike. Uh, this is Colin. I should also point out that uh, British Star Trek Red Dwarf is a thousand times better. Woo woo. Oh, that's a hot take. I'm Joe. That's it. (laughs) We're the crew of the Norm Ship One. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, End personal log.